Welcome to Break the Rules. I am your humble host, Lev Polyakov, aka Lefpo on Twitter. We are starting right now after the Windows update, after I had to reboot everything and not have a voice meter work properly. So let us know if the audio works. Hopefully everything should be fine. So anyway, guys, we have a lot of wonderful people here for our very first Argue My Position, where anarcho-capitalism goes head against nationalism but in reverse so the nationalists are going to make or the nationalists will make the argument for the ANCAP and vice versa and with us we have hero alchemy we have liberty lockdown but enough of me I want to get everybody else's introduction for the sake of the audio test so uh Jake just quickly tell us a little bit about yourself for those who don't know we're just gonna go around we do have chaos prime absolutely so guys in the chat let us know how the audio is anyway uh Jake go for it my friend yep I'm Jake Lindsay uh you can follow me on Twitter at Childeberg or at Tasting Anarchy I'm here to support my fellow Californians as they debate this (laughs) Tre- this we challenging topic. Lockdown. <laughs> of me, I want to so get every- How's it gone? The sake. So let's see who was next over here. Then we have Chaos Prime. Again, for those who don't know, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a cognitive arms dealer on Twitter uh, at Chaos Prime. Uh, Go for I, it, my friend. Uh, I'm Jake. Explore. Uh, you can follow. Uh, occult and esoteric uh, frames of, of thought and uh, try to bring back little little tidbits to, to share with my tribe. Excellent, excellent. And apparently everybody is able to be heard on YouTube, so fuck, fuck you, voice meter. Fuck you, voice meter. Fuck you, Windows Update. You <laughs> are, you are can you hear me now? horrible. Am I, yes. am I registered? Shout well, out to Cha-Cha. Shout well, out to Chacha. If you guys can hear me, then the chat, because it all pumps through OBS. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all fucking connected. It should be yeah. fine. So anyway, uh, and we have Charles Khan, the great Charles Khan, aka Mass Bastard here. We are gonna have Black Sage D joining us up as well. Unfortunately, poor fucking Black Sage D, he got uh, dethroned. He got delisted. Uh, Twitter uh, oh, removed no. him right oh, before what? we were started to uh, stream. I him a message oh, on So, also, people are saying everybody is quiet relative to Lev. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to keep adjusting these things. So, until it gets to the right level. So, uh, anyway, uh, let us uh, just start talking about uh, nationalism versus anarcho-capitalism and to define what specific nationalism we are talking about here. So, before we switch sides, let's uh, go to Hero. And Hero, also, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you would define uh, nationalism to start. Yeah, sure. That's a that's a bit of a tall order. Well, first off, hey guys, you you all should probably know me by now. I've been on enough of these. Uh, but for for those of you who don't, I'm I am Hero Alchemy on Twitter, uh, not on a whole lot of other places. But uh, I was a former uh, president for a big libertarian chapter in California. I ran one of the biggest ones in the state uh, back at college. I uh, got really disillusioned with the with the movement after going and meeting a lot of the higher ups and going to meet a whole bunch of you know, the people that run the orgs and do things like that. And uh, I've, I've been finding myself being drawn more to a, a lot more towards uh, at first nationalism and now just some general sense of, uh, I guess you can call it far right uh, politics. <laughs> um, nationalism is kind of hard to define. I mean, in a general sense, it's, uh, you know, promotion of policies that benefit your, your nation first and foremost. Um, but I mean that that's so vague, right? You you can you know what what uh, would what you say you America are, first? It, sure, sure, certainly, certainly so. But uh, you know, 
how do you how do you define what is America first, right? Like from from what lens are you are you valuing the well being and and uh, morality of your people first? Are you valuing like you know their their economic prosperity? Are you valuing their their uh, national integrity? Like in, from what angle are you are you viewing this from? So it's kind of hard to. I always took America first to mean let's get uh, manufacturing back, let's defend our borders, let's let's not. You know, let's not right. pick up the check for the rest of the world. Let's let's worry about problems at home. We got so much going on that right. I mean, yeah. but that that is kind of a, a you know a broad way to put it, right? That's that's broadly what the what the normie political uh, tier on Twitter would call like like Trumpism, right? Like that's that's that kind of uh, you know discussion of what what nationalism is. Or people are even afraid to call that as broad as it is nationalism because it's mm. a spooky boogeyman word to to some people. Um, but you know, well, yeah, they... it was spooky to that guy on Twitter. Do you remember the socialist <laughs> why, guy? Why did he block us? It was so ridiculous. Which, which I, guy was this? It's it's the guy that I summoned Mehran to because his his profile on uh, Twitter looked similar to Mehran's face. You know, I, I he love was the, like, oh I love the choice of words "summon Mehran." That's so yes. perfect for us. Osiris nationalism not far and right is the basic fundamental. Pro- yeah, I mean, nationalism is if you well, if you take their benedict anderson it's a modern invention of uh, assimilating different ethnic groups i mean oh, you yeah. would say regionalism and empire is actually more trad and uh, yeah i don't know right wing. Uh, yeah but I mean, for it's, the it's sake of a... modern discourse nationalism yeah. is right wing except if you're in canada yeah. nationalism is like a left wing thing yeah see that's what yeah. i was getting ready to say you know like this, the you know canadians would be all about canada russia is all about russia china's all about yeah. china like that's that's the idea of nationalism. Written you believe in your British. nation. <laughs> yeah. you know, well, now, n- sorry, no, that's the high queen. Mm. Written it's, for the British. Well, I just no, I want to make sure. Me in the UK yeah. for the UK. I, I want to make sure that we get to a uh, liberty lockdown with uh, his uh, thoughts on uh, anarcho capitalism. Yeah. But uh, here, before we get to uh, before we get to liberty, uh, before we get to Cliff, rather, like I don't know, would you like to be referred to as Cliff or Liberty Lockdown? I, I never oh, know Clint, what's Clint. What's, Clint. Cl- fuck. Fuck me, Clint. Oh, God. but that was close though. That was fucking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay. that w- okay. So before we before we get to Clint, yeah. I want to make sure. Has the God debate ended it. already? <laughs> I want to make I want to make sure here. Was there anything else you want to say about your position before By we get the way, to Clint? Before speaking yeah. of Ontario, I just want to give a big fuck you to Doug Ford. You, I mean, you're a piece of shit. Sorry, sorry. No, I don't mean it. I'm totally no. I'm sorry. I don't mean that. I'm joking. It's irony, bro. But yeah, fuck you, Doug Ford. I, I fully support Osterheim. Never mind. Never mind. Never. Mind. It's just politics bullshit. Go on, hero. I'm sorry, my friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, seriously, your brother. You are. You are not even a quarter of the man your brother was. And your brother smoked Christ, crack. Yeah. And it was his crack. He bought it. So, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. So. <laughs> so cut that uh, off. Um. <laughs> um yeah, it's. Uh, I would hesitate to call myself a nationalist at the current moment. It's, uh, you know, it's too broad a, a, a descriptor, and again, it's not specific enough to the type of government structure that I'm that I'm interested in. I, I, uh, I think nationalist policies are just kind of uh, an imperative to a country in terms of its its existence. You need to have a certain level of nationalist policy for it to even exist at all. Uh, and the further we stray from that, I think the you know the the weaker our country is, and that's kind of an obvious thing. I think that's just a, an obvious note to to take. But nationalism as a, an ideology itself, like you know, just you know, for the sake of itself, I think is uh, is deeply lacking, and I think it's ineffective in the sense that you, you will have a, a really hard time implementing any of these 
policies meaningfully, especially on the social level. If if you just go, you know, pure pure nationalism, you don't have any strong form of of government with enough authority to make sure that these these policies and these uh, these ideas stick. So what's uh, what's anarcho capitalism? Yeah. Yes, let's go for it, Clint. Sure, um, I'm Clint from Liberty Lockdown, uh, kind of a quasi-retired real estate broker and investor. Um, got screwed over by the state during the lockdowns and became radicalized and decided to start a podcast, like everyone else does. Um, as for anarcho-capitalism, mm. uh, my my definition of it is pretty pretty milk toast, to be honest. But uh, it's a you know political ideology or kind of a pairing of a political and an economic ideology kind of popularized by Lysander Spooner and then, in my view, perfected by Murray Rothbard, where it's a, you, you lean towards the primacy of the individual, um, you hold a principle known as the non-aggression principle, you don't aggress on others, and then you also have a value in uh, or a societal uh, respect for property rights. So that's, that's about as simple as I can put it. Excellent. And another thing that I'm doing, by the way, right now is I have created a poll on the Break the Rules Twitter. Be sure to follow us on Twitter if you have not done so yet. You guys in Zoom cannot see the poll, but I will be updating BTR chat with this poll as time goes on. But it is a poll for who made a better argument, hero on anarcho-capitalism or liberty lockdown on nationalism. Oh my so, god. So, so this, <laughs> is, this is, I'm just going to put this on the side over here and I'm going to be refreshing and we are going to see who comes out on top. Don't you guys fucking dare go into this poll right now because they haven't even started yet you <laughs> motherfuckers anyway uh so let us then uh start with uh let's see let's start with uh hero alchemy you right. will make the point for uh anarcho-capitalism so let's let's go for it right here and now that's that's awfully vague just make the point what do you mean like okay so let's uh let's just go through the well, tenets of it have we should have um uh uh separated by topics sure that is that a good idea joe be, so maybe like we would have four or five different uh i i really hate structured debates but that's but for the sake of it let's yes. start with um let's start with well there you go economics let's start with um the national interest of a particular uh country or nation in terms of their economic output and how both ideologies would serve the needs of the many for lack of a better term. I know that's pretty like fucking somebody, somebody today, already but somebody it, already gave hero and anarcho capitalism a, a vote. Got, oh, <laughs> no. The shit's rigged. Hey, I have the best followers. You guys rock. Based. No, honestly, re reserve your votes towards the end. I don't know how this is going to go. Um Yes. Okay, okay. so so, like, what would be like an? You're asking me like, what would be a, a the my take on an anarcho-capitalist view of like the economy and how it how it serves uh, the people that live in this country? Is that what you're asking me? Let's let's say for the sake of it, a national economy, which would. Uh, and aren't you aren't you stacking a, the deck a little in favor of nationalism by specifying no, oh, a national well, economy? Yeah, but the, yeah, you're right. You're right because then I would just be like. You know, I would be focusing on Hoppe. We give a point to chaos else. for that. So let's just say um, economic structures in general instead of national. There you go. Economic structures in general. Well, sure. I mean, you know, clearly it, I, I feel like the, the way you can go about that is in the name. You know, it's it's the, the market is kind of the, the, the prime force of it all. Right. We're we're 
we're beholden to market forces because it's it is viewed as as a force of of nature right government intervention will 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 lead to the stifling of that and that is that is detrimental to to people with interests in profiting off of what they can uh, you know what they can make and what they can produce and the services they can provide i mean that's but, you know but what if a... i wanted to manufacture crack cocaine and sell it outside of a schoolyard hero what happens then well, I mean, that's outside of the schoolyard, right? Like, I mean, if you, the if then you, a needle man if comes by and picks up the needles. If, if you're selling, <laughs> if you're you're selling drugs to children, Back in right? My day, I, the crack came in bottles instead of. <laughs> I mean, if you're selling drugs to children, that's that's a problem because of of you know them not being fully autonomous in the sense that they're not 18, right? Like that's I, that would be where the issue is. The issue I'd is be not curious, selling. To, where's the ahead. money coming from for the kids? Where are they getting this money from to buy the crack? parents probably uh, yeah yeah well that's uh that that is a bit on the side though so i just want to make sure that we keep focused so we can get to uh uh liberty lockdown as well so uh as far as the economic uh, questions goes uh what would be uh what would be something that you would see the nationalists having uh problems with economically and how would you retort that hero uh with your uh libertarian perspective I know Liberty? there's not. Yes. No, no. This was for you, hero. See, oh. I want to pretend that you are in such a position that you uh, are being questioned well, yeah. by the nationalists and you have to defend your libertarian position on uh, the economy. Like what would be some things that they would say to you that you would then be able to uh, push back on to advocate You're asking for... me what the nationalists yes. would say to me? Yeah, yes, yeah, for exactly, sure. Uh, exactly. Okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, um, I, I would obviously the nationalists would posit that... Uh, you know the the market is more of a tool for for economic prosperity for for uh for people to use to sell their goods it's not it's not uh you know an un, unchallengeable unchallengeable force of uh uh nature right it's it's something that if it gets out of hand it starts har harming people it starts hurting the national interest it starts um harming american citizens um you know uh in in a, in a way that's benefiting other countries and in, in uh uh, in ways like that, or if it's if it's producing um, uh, marketing or uh, or products that are are harmful or um, uh, degrading to the population, that obviously the the government has a has a duty to step in and and protect its people from these kinds of forces because you know it's, the government is there to to serve the um, the well being of its people. Otherwise, it's it's not a legitimate government. He just took um, my answers. <laughs> <laughs> what what yeah. am I supposed to say now? <laughs> um and you know in in response to that the i suppose the uh the free market response to that is uh you know people are autonomous beings they are they are given uh you know their their god-given gift of of reason and uh and and morality for which they you know they they live their lives they figure it out for themselves um they can make the choices in their lives to determine what's what's uh what's moral what's okay for them and as long as none of these things are are um you know harming anybody with you know are are harming each other right like if if you're choosing to to partake in these things that they're not gonna um you know they're they're not bringing harm onto other people then that that's that's for them to decide that's not for uh the state to come in and make the decision for you the uh the non-aggression principle basically of course so well, well, i don't let's, I, let's, I, well I, here's yeah. i don't want to i don't want to keep it that structured in the sense that i actually like what liberty lockdown was insinuating where i kind of took the shadow people instead of having him talk about this so well, liberty, that's why i asked what you would earlier be, yes exactly yes, what would be your response yeah what would be your Hero's response then to uh good in the chat i mean the chat is kind of swaying uh, yeah exactly 
exactly. He, he sounds like he can't deadlift 225 pounds, therefore his <laughs> opinion's discarded. <laughs> yeah, do you even lift? <laughs> I lift no. for a job, man. My job is lifting. But Liberty Lockdown <laughs> down looks like he does lift, so maybe we should go to his opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's why that's why nationalism I'm is sorry, the way. Hero, I'm sorry. <laughs> nationalism, nationalism is the way because I lift heavy. Um, no, so there is no there is no real necessarily um, ironclad economic model when it comes to nationalism, but obviously the the goal is whatever economic model that you roll with has to primarily have its concern be the people of that nation. Um, and then on top of whatever economic system you decide upon, you will have protectionist policies to make sure that your your economy is benefited first and foremost over all other global economies uh, or countries. So that's that's kind of the economic answer for nationalism. It, do you want me to get into more? Well, I want now Hero to say uh, what the problems he sees are with this protectionism, and then you can respond. Okay. With the okay, so the problems with protectionism from this point of view would be that uh, um, you're stifling the ability for people in the American market to compete with uh, markets worldwide, and uh, that is uh, harmful to the economic interests of, of the people in um, that are benefiting out of it. Liberty? Well, there's plenty of examples all across. This is so awkward. There <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> by the way, by the way, we have five U.S. dollars from Liam Converse, who says there are really only two forms of government: monarchy or oligarchy. Oh, thank, Lu thank you, Liam. Thank you, Liam. <laughs> Absolutely based. <laughs> so anyway, Liberty, go for it, my friend. Uh, I think that a good argument for for uh, an economic system for nationalism is is what we've witnessed with China. They have very harsh tariffs, and and yet their economy has. Uh, bloomed so i'm trying to mo yeah am i really arguing in favor of china's fuck um so man, it's uncomfortable isn't it man it's, it's, it's super uncomfortable um, maybe we, we should have eric striker on the on the stream and he'll argue for china he's just gonna be going like so so yes uh there there are potential economic ramifications but uh, on net the benefit to the uh, american people as i'm an american um, are with you know protectionist policies, which we saw under the Trump administration. It would be to the benefit of people uh, locally if we bring back jobs. You have to focus on on giving the people in your own land first uh, right of first right of refusal for those uh, positions of employment. And then if you're also because you are focusing on on a nationalist um, economic model, you will have greater innovation within the homeland because you have. Uh, essentially forced additional capital to be deployed within the borders. Now we, Our, we have a comment um, I think is, is good. Um, and I've seen this guy around Zartox. He says, but states do exist exclusively to perform an aggression and for nothing else. I mean, we could debate about that. That's a good point. Uh, this anime girl is funny. <laughs> um, and we, so we have the one. Um, and so then, um, uh, a reply to that is aggression and power is part of the nature and you are not getting rid of it. Um, so yeah, maybe we could talk about even mm. just the role of the state in general or, well, I mean, this is like, again, a, a state centric point when you're talking yeah. about anarchism, maybe hero. Well, well, Liberty, uh, well, hero. Okay. Hero defend a stateless society. And we'll, maybe we could go from there. That could be, uh, 
from the intercool capitalist. <laughs> yeah, this this is very, a, how about a, a very specific angle to, to, to defend that from? In the absence of a state in a proper anarcho-capitalist society, how is the non-aggression principle enforced? Yes, there you go. But then we have to, I, I shall caution that most anarchists feel that anarcho-capitalism isn't quote-unquote real anarchism, which I mean, there's a debate in terms of the history and the ideas of anarchism. But just for the sake of it, let's like bracket those yes. nerds and say <laughs> that anarcho-capitalism is a variety of anarchism just to not uh, offend people so. and guys subscribe right now you're watching this this is the treats that we give to you these kind of uh these kind of debates so yeah let's go for it hero yeah like i'm following but like what's the question you're asking me? how is the non-aggression principle enforced how is the non-aggression principle enforced um i would Do say they by use the, force by the, by the individual the the individual has a i would say a duty to to ensure that they're they're uh um they're not being infringed upon i i would say that through their own you know um ability to defend themselves that's why the you know the second amendment is so important i i think through their ability to defend themselves and their property and their interests i i would say that that's how it's enforced but what what are the steps i i know um i generally I'm not an expert on anarchism in Toto, but I, I do notice that, uh, you know, people like Murray Bakhtin talk about how uh, anarchism is achieved through the various contradictions of that will eventually collapse the state. Is there sort of a anarcho-capitalist, um, I, I don't want to say dialectic because it's very much an anti-dialectic sort of uh, philosophy, but is there sort of a way in which anarcho-capitalism posits that a stateless society is almost inevitable uh, that isn't some kind of like weird Nick Land uh, horrorist capitalism is sentient and will crush us all with AI. Uh, <laughs> so, is, is there an ANCAP eschatology? Is there an ANCAP eschatology where we arrive at this glorious stateless society that uh, has, you know, firms... Uh, well, that's a, that's a good first question for Hero, but then I would love for Hero to uh, extend that to how would a practical anarcho-capitalist uh, uh, society work as far as hierarchy goes and to make sure that people don't break the principle by, let's say, you know, forming their own kind of like corrupt government and then swallowing all the other little governments around it. You guys are asking some like serious questions. Holy shit! Um, let me okay, let me so... start by saying that this is excruciating. Not being able to answer. <laughs> you will, you will. Give, I, give I, I, we'll I, feel, I feel the same way. Like I'm, I'm sitting here, like, oh man, this has all been dealt with. Well, maybe, Jesus Christ. Maybe uh, Childerberg give a brief your view of it then hero can expand yeah it. yeah you're, you're not in the he clearly hot needs seat. a he clearly needs a a a, a lifesaver help by the way guys i asked eggy if he can come on the stream today and i just figured out that eggy since he doesn't have twitter there is no way for me to actually contact him so he has to contact me so if guys someone please, knows him on discord yes yeah, please please, please reach out get him on discord Oh, thank you, thank you. Tell them to reach out to me, and I'll send them the link. So anyway, uh, Jake, go for it. it was, there's a couple. There was a couple things said. Um, I, I don't know if this is an eschatology or not, but like uh, we do have uh, anarcho-capitalist thinkers who uh, believe that 
I guess anarcho-capitalism is inevitable, but it is a evolution or a, maybe a sociobiological evolutionary thing that will happen. So Walter Block actually has talked about this many times and has written a couple of essays on it, that the reason that we do not have liberty in our lifetimes and probably will not have liberty in our lifetimes is because we were not evolved to be in a market society, but we are evolving into a market society. So uh, over time, as the market progresses and, and uh, matures, natural selection or societal selection or whatever will take hold and the people who are successful in a market will continue to procreate and that is what will lead us eventually to anarcho-capitalism but sad to say it probably won't happen in our lifetime uh unless you know the musks of the world take over and and somebody's able to accelerate evolution to that level oh. um <laughs> that's the- like a fuck. Oh, but, yeah, I mean, that's that. I mean, it's, it's it's one. It's a reality that a lot of I think anarcho capitalists kind of think about and go like, well, can we do it in our lifetime? And, and people like Block would say no, but it's still worth pushing it forward. So um, so that's that's one point. The other point, I think, was uh, are because it's anarchy. And so the, the reason it's anarcho capitalism was coined by Rothbard and and this was sort of a dig at the at the left anarchists because they the left tends to take terms away from I guess the right um, or not necessarily the right but like liberalism they took that that was not a that wasn't a leftist thing it was it was something that they kind of co-opted and made part of this sort of like socialist right. communist movement forward so Rothbard did basically the opposite and he coined anarcho-capitalism because you had anarcho-syndicalism and, and these other types of anarchy that are more left-wing anarchy and he said we'll, we'll we arrive at similar conclusions but um we, we believe in the free market and the freedom of the individual and the non-aggression principle and that sort of thing um but uh as far as being specifically against hierarchy, which is a very left anarchist type thing, there's not that anarcho-capitalists are not um, anti-hierarchy or anti-governance. They're anti-government. Like anar- anarchy is uh, derived, I think, from Greek, and it it just means uh, no rulers or no head. Um, it doesn't mean that there is no rules. So the idea is that you are governed on the consensus, I guess, of your community, uh, and that you have the ability to split off from that if you need to, or if you want to, or if there's a better service. Um, the idea of there being a geographical monopoly of force on a specific area that you have no choice over, especially in the modern age, when you know what if you can if you can easily switch insurance or cell phone carriers or you know any of these types of things, why do you have to be protected by you know the the Arlington city police. Why can't you have your own security force and, and that sort of stuff? So that's kind of what opting to participate in structures, in other words. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's not it's not a force against governance. It's a force against monopoly government. Right. So I, that would be, I guess, the the points that I would add in to maybe help Hero's case. Jesus. 
Well, one thing that I can add to maybe simplify this is I'm looking through the uh, wonderful sheet that I uh, sent over uh, to Clint before uh, that Hero wrote, and it lists oh, right. some of your uh, some of your tenants. One of the things that you wrote over here is a prioritization on social policy that promotes local community efforts, a cohesive social culture, as well as national culture, and the bolstering of religious institutions. So, and again, when we're talking about this, we're talking about this from the perspective of we need a government government to kind of use the tax money and you know use the tax money for the sake of creating these kind of things and i want you to go against that and to say like no there is a way to do it uh without the new the use of the government at all and this is why it's going to work and then clint i would love for you to uh make the opposite point about how there needs to be a government structure in order to cement the social policy that would promote local community efforts and things of that nature so here i'll go for it and then clint yeah i mean you know i i've so wait are you are you asking me like um the things that i i wrote out and sent to you like like how that's possible with you know without the government structure that's what you're asking me yes yes exactly. yeah okay sure i mean very i think uh jake did a fantastic job outlining it you know it's um these things will uh you know i think through natural um hierarchies i think these things will naturally form out of, out of this uh out in in the in uh in the system i i think these things will, will naturally form that the point is that you're you're free to opt in and opt out of these things um i i think uh i think having it's kind of an un what do you call it it, it would be unnecessary for the state to in uh enforce that as a system and i think it would be um detrimental to people who might want to opt out of a system like that i i think it would be heavily restrictive on their on their freedoms and their their wills to 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 do as they please i i think uh i think that would be and we would see an issue there and i think uh having you know communities uh opt to set up systems like this i i think being able to to opt into that i, I think that's that's a much more um uh respectable way to move forward as it as it allows more autonomy for the individual yeah you're totally wrong man <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding um yeah no uh, i i think that the uh the the main counter i would have to that is uh, you know covid's a perfect example there are there are existential risks that that occur to society that if you allow people to have their own free will that you will have a net negative effect on society so you have to have a strong central government to be able to uh, deal with these types of issues uh, not to mention invading nations um, mechanisms for defense without a government this is so easy this is so i because this is all the shit i always argue against um, <laughs> uh, uh, without without a, a large central government and and um a monopoly on violence it, essentially you'd have chaos so uh but well let's actually get into that a little bit because it's one thing to say that kind of like a straw man of your opponents that you <laughs> battle with but it's another thing to actually go deeper into the weeds and say what do you see as being a uh a proponent of having more government let's say influence i'm not going to use the word control let's say influence uh social engineering whatever you want piecemeal social social engineering a la sure. karl popper uh do you see that if that was not the case what negative effects could you potentially see from let's say this free and open uh a free market society where everybody gets to decide whatever they want like if we are talking about more of like a uh, from a cultural perspective because i think this is kind of what hero but, talks but also, about and yeah would would nationalism necessitate a sort of uh, abrogation or a, a sort of bracketing of certain forces of the market in general 
or is it necessarily the case uh, that that nationalism itself is sort of, you know, grading with uh, the quote unquote free market? Well, let, uh, well, well sure. let's let, let's sure start with the first. Well, yeah, let, let's start with the first You're one, first which is the uh, the cultural argument of what are the unintended consequences that would happen potentially from this open free market as far as how people can be influenced to make the uh, the wrong cultural choices. Let's see, because okay. again, right. I, I think that's what Hero focused on here. Well, I think first and foremost, in a, an unregulated free capitalist market, you have um, the issue with there being excessive uh, marketing and drive for profit that that will essentially force feed uh, people all sorts of products that they don't need. You end up in degeneracy and and uh, drug use and things of that nature. Um, on the inverse, if you have a, a strong strong central government, you you can have uh, nationalist economic policies that achieve things that even the private industry can't. Uh, you know, the, the moon mission is a good example of that. Um, World War II, big, big defense operations where you have to, uh, you know, basically commandeer the entire economy to, to operate in unison uh, for self-defense. So uh, I hope that answered it. It was kind of multifaceted. Uh, I think it did, but I want to dig a little bit deeper, J sure. just a bit, just a bit. Sure. Can you picture just uh, this transformation of a society when there's no, let's say, effort to promote certain, again, let's say, uh, social policy that promotes local community efforts, cohesive local culture? Okay, so can you break down what can happen uh in this case, to a culture that starts to become less cohesive, at, at, yeah. you know, I after a while. Seeing it, I think you're seeing it today. Uh, you're seeing, uh, you know, the degradation of, of national uh, pride. And you have uh, kind of a tribalistic separation amongst the people because they no longer value their homeland. They're being taught that, that their, their roots are evil. So um, my policy would be to have, have a central government that really enforced and then educated um, on the, the the better aspects of our history and and drove home the kind of the moral foundation from which all people should be functioning. Um, without that, uh, you end up with this, you know, you have riots and you have uh, you know, potential for race wars and things of that nature. So uh, a nationalist pride, especially in America, is, is valuable in the sense that it, it can tie together the people that live here. And since I have his notes in front of me, I can say, uh, if that were to fail, then I'm also in favor of allowing for kind of quasi secessionist movements where they could go into their own uh, communities and have their own interests. But uh, as of now, I believe that you could it, hero am i doing it justice or no you're you're very close to getting it i'm actually very impressed with that i think you did better on the second turn on that <laughs> okay cool um so yeah that's that's anything um, else i can ask uh, answer love well uh, now i, I want to go to yeah now i want to go to hero hero uh why is he wrong and uh why <laughs> is there going to be a light at the end of the tunnel of uh how things have uh kind of worked out so far with uh, uh in terms of influence and all that uh, for the for the sake both for the sake of the argument and genuinely uh do, do you not feel that like um you know the, these cultures and this this uh national you know that this this national sense of culture especially the local cultures do you not feel that these things can just generate um you know organically do you not think that these just kind of um come out of of just people living together in the spaces that they do do you not think that these just are, are like a natural occurrence right 
um, and, and then back to the, the point of, uh, <laughs> of arguing from this position, um, you, you're not going to need a government to, to protect these things because I think uh, people, given the, the ability to de defend themselves and defend their interests, I think they're, they're going to, to naturally want to defend mm -hmm. these, uh, these um, uh, inclinations towards a, a local culture. As, as far mm -hmm. as a, a national culture goes, I, I find, <laughs> I hate saying this, I find that it's, uh, um, <laughs> it's, it's uh, probably restrictive and, uh, um, unnecessary. I, I think it's, it, you know, it, 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 this, it, it gets in the way of, um, of, uh, maybe, uh, new foreigners from, from, you know, um, integrating into the society and it, uh, yeah. It, but it would what get in society the there's just pure anarchy, uh, with market forces and well, also here, how, how is anarcho-capitalism going to prevent like a, um, total perpetual Sarajevo multi-ethnic combat type of situation from breaking out every single day. Sarajevo circa oh 1995. <laughs> <laughs> I think Hero and Jacob are saying that, that anarcho-capitalism doesn't prevent people from coordinating. Yeah. Um, so that like, you know, social groups will, will naturally form and they're encouraged to form under the, the, you know, the economic, you know, milieu. Uh, so <clears throat> people will associate with each other. They'll, they'll form, you know, common bonds and you know, common practices and they're, you know, and, you know, common defense and so on. Mm. So while I was eating this chicken, I just want to say this is a really delicious chicken and I value the free market for giving me this chicken. We have a couple of questions over here. But was the, it really uh, a free market, Lev? Yeah. Was there not a <laughs> monopoly, uh, upon a certain, uh, cabal of uh, chicken farmers like there is here in canada are those government chickens <laughs> no i think these are free free range chickens oh we have bennett coming in here as well he is asking for the zoom link oh, our great wow. mormon mormon friend bennett so he's going to be coming in here as well in a short while so uh i want to get to another subject kind of uh close to this subject which is well, well, hold on. I, oh, oh okay right. okay you got, go for it go for it i want to i want to hear liberty's uh nationalist take on why these these communities can't uh, don't form organically uh, or, sorry, or, but, or or more so how uh, how the uh, how the how the state is uh, useful in protecting these organically forming communities let's put it that way uh well i mean having having communities is going to you're correct it's going to happen naturally but you still have to have a national policy that that gives a common core of of beliefs and value systems. Otherwise, you end up with tribalistic chaos. So, um, my belief is that you have to, uh, you know, get a probably from. I, I'm not a huge advocate of public schooling, but um, you should have a, a level of curriculum at a, as a baseline that that gives a tie that binds between all these disparate organizations and groups. Um, obviously I'm not in favor of, you know, separating them unless they want to voluntarily. Am I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is really I'll tough. Take, I'm sorry. I, know, I, tried, right? I did my best. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. That's, that's decent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I have not finished chewing the chicken, but it is really good free range chicken, but I want to move on to immigration. So this is another one of the Plague. things that hero has a written, screaming. <laughs> written, written down over here. Also, when, I have a quote from a uh, quite prolific philosopher 
uh, meme philosophy, but but we'll get to the immigration first. I want to wait till then it comes. Okay. In. Uh, by the way, Andrea says Andrea Seabrook. She is in the chat. She says, "I love this. I love this too, Andrea. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy we got to do this." So anyway, a halt. Okay, a is halt. Is Andrea coming on later? I, I think she is. A halt on all immigration to eliminate foreign competition for jobs and relieve strain on the safety net systems we have, as well as the strain on the environment, and to restore the power of the working class to negotiate with their employers. So uh, that is what Hero wrote down over here as far as immigration goes. Uh, what? Uh, let's go to Liberty Lockdown. How would you then uh, address that? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty obvious that over the past you know 50 years with free trade agreements and NAFTA and whatnot that you have had uh, you know essentially a demolition of industry as well as employment opportunities as well as wages because of a globalized economy. So uh, under a nationalist system with tariffs and and reduced immigration, you could have a much stronger econo economy um, at home. Uh, sure, it might be to the detriment of other nations, but as I've said many times, the uh, my primary concern is the American people. Hero, how would you respond to that? What problems do you see with his statement? Hang on, I gotta, I gotta swallow the pain on this one a little bit. This <laughs> one's really difficult for me. Okay. <sighs> Everybody okay. subscribe um, <laughs> for the sake of Hero's pain right now. But, but, but also, is it, um, I, is it by necessity that anarcho-capitalism is pro-immigration in every circumstance because there are people like, you know, Stefan Molyneux and others, uh, or, well, we'll get, well, I, I'm, go ahead, Hero. I'm, I'm going to disregard Molyneux for the moment to make this a, a little more straightforward. Um, I, I would, okay. I, I would say it speaks to your level of confidence in the American people and the American worker to say that they can't compete with, uh, with foreign competition. I think honestly that it's probably beneficial for um, U.S. companies to be able to import um, raw materials and and uh, and uh, base manufactured products into the country, and it would make it make make it uh, make American companies able to produce. Um, more advanced technology and and, uh, and higher quality goods at a faster rate, and that's just better for the American consumer. As far as the um, yeah, as, as far as the American worker goes, I mean, you, you know, again, I, I think it, it speaks to your lack of confidence in the uh, in the uh, in their ability to to negotiate with their with their bosses and their um, and in their ability to compete against. Uh, it's not, it's, not, it's not so much a lack of confidence in the American people as it is a lack of confidence in the economic systems and the governance of foreign nations. If you have slave labor <laughs> overseas, how are the American people supposed to compete with that? So that's why we have to have tariffs and we have to limit immigration so that we can make sure that we can maintain the economic strength within our nation. And also, Hero, should corporations have unfettered uh, as... Um as was it Osiris in the chat or was it Chacha said, uh, is it fair that corporations want uh, unfettered access to uh, black and brown and uh, olive uh, bodies, Hero? Should they have fettered access to those bodies? Unfettered access to, to I mean, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Oh God, I hate this. Um, it doesn't really matter what, you know, whatever, whatever race they are, if, if they are able to provide, um, you know, skills and services that, that um, are able to both benefit their employer and, and provide themselves an income, I don't see why that, why they shouldn't be able to, to hire these people. But is, is anarcho-capitalism a world oh. system then? Does that imply, is it necessitate the end 
of all states in general and and very much is a, a world system that where you know people are basically economic units that are free to choose and travel wherever they they might this one's kind of hard for me to can you ask that again on a friend or, no, I, just, I just want him is, to i just is, want him to is anarcho-capitalism by necessity a world system which implies the end of the state model in general which means that um economic units of people traveling for greater career opportunities and so forth really doesn't matter when we get rid of the state in general or is it that there still will be other like for example china will still have the state but anarcho uh, america for instance will become anarcho-capitalist and therefore will have no problem with um, mass uh, migration I would say that the state would function as a, you know, if it's to exist at all, it's, it's to facilitate the ability for people to, uh, to um, be autonomous beings and, and live as, as free agents, I would say. So it would not be a global phenomenon. I mean, it's, it's up to, you know, it, it, it would be up to the, the, the individual countries to decide for themselves. I would hope, oh, I would hope that they would. <laughs> This idea that, that anarcho-capitalism is going to be necessarily pro-immigration seems, you know, odd to me because mm. unless we're talking about Georgia to stay anarcho-capitalism, like if somebody wants to go beyond some land and live on some land and participate in economic activity there, well, somebody owns that land and they're going to have say over whether that person can come or not. So wouldn't immigration policy be up to individual landowners? Uh, yeah, I pro probably would. I I'm, I'm just saying it. <laughs> I wrote down a couple of notes real quick that I just wanted to yeah, drop go for in it. here. Is um, so one, some somebody brought up uh, like corporate privilege in uh, an anarcho-capitalist society. There is no corporate privilege in anarcho-capitalist society because corporations are a gift from the government to uh, an organization of people that gives them additional protections that individuals don't have. So uh, when you remove government, you remove the corporate structure. So like you, you can't have limited liability, like individuals have full liability. You can join some sort of group and then you share liability in that regard, but the government caps losses for corporations. They, they do all sorts of stuff. This is, corporations are a creation of the government. They, the, the old monopoly systems that the crown used to give to, you know, like the East India trade company and stuff like that, that is the foundation of corporations. This is a government privilege that is granted to different groups of people. So like when people kind of associate anarcho-capitalism with like these different corporate structures, that's not, it's just not part of it. it. Like that is a government structure. It's not a, that's not a free market structure. Uh, another thing that I wrote down and somebody else just commented about this was, uh, um, was the immigration issue. Immigration stops at your property line. So whatever you want to do as far as people coming in or leaving or whatever, that ends at your property line. If you're some part of some sort of community organization where you have shares or you have a buy-in or something like that, that's up to your community to decide who comes in and who leaves. Um, you are more than welcome to start the, you know, I'm, I'm from Northern California, you know, the, the, the Northern California Jefferson co-op or whatever could form up there. And we could just say, we don't want Southern Californians in here because we have this, you know, rivalry or whatever. So like the, whatever the, whatever the, uh, property structure is around that, that is where, that's where the immigration line stops. Um, another item that I, I wrote down Real is- Real quick, um, I, I, Jake, as a nationalist, I, I have to counter this because this is just- okay. yes. 
so fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what, what if, what if, uh, the private property, if you have private property, but you become landlocked by your neighbors and are you no longer allowed to traverse their property? Are you uh, essentially a prisoner to your neighbors? Uh, I will, I will direct people to Walter Block who has, um, addressed these issues ad nauseum. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he talks about it in the donut theory. So there is a, uh, so he talks about aggression and stuff like that is that if you airlift have, them into your country, man, airlift well, you, them into you your can society. do that. You, you, you can go over, you can go under that, that's the Janati stole your off method, by the way, <laughs> airlift. but, but part of, part of, part How about of a home, tunnel, it, you could do a tunnel, you could do, you could do airdrop, but also from, from like Locke's Franklin perspective, well, do they, you, do they, do they own infinity into the sky and infinity into the ground? That's, I guess, well, I mean, the, Elon Minecraft rules. There's chunks. The, uh, I actually own the skies. I got a deed. I signed it. My dad signed it and uh, Elon Musk signed it. So block block would, would say that uh, what you own is what you're able to homestead and you cannot homestead a mile underground. You cannot homestead a mile into the air unless. So for example, if I, if I have an airport and I regularly fly over an empty piece of property that is not homesteaded, um, does somebody moving into that homestead, do they immediately own infinity into the air? No, I've already homestead this, this route over their property. I own that, that air path or whatever. So, um, so the, the idea would be if you, if you did, you know, homestead a donut around somebody who had already homesteaded the middle well they've homesteaded access to that property so there would you would work out an easement and and there would be uh structures to be able to do this in uh anarcho-capitalism uh again there, there's been a, a whole bunch of work on this it's not right. a simple subject no, yeah, nobody's such a thing anything. as uh mineral rights to land like you own uh <clears throat> that sort of thing like that's that's been worked out well, yeah and, and these things but, would be worked would that, out um well, hold would, on when that Lockean sort of principle of homesteading, when that by necessity like murder like multinational corporations just off the bat because no way a head of a corporation could potentially, but then yeah. again it but is it not would, the because corporation a corporation themselves no a corporation is a government granted privilege it is it is not part of homestead principle it is not part of anarcho capitalism. This is something that the government has created. This goes back to monarchies um, way back. Uh, it is This is a, a structure that is granted to limit liability for people who are already in the elite caste or whatever. So, yeah, but you need nationalist so, economic models so that you can, you can innovate with, say, vaccines, for, uh, for instance, where you have a, a risk that if you were to have full liability and you could never get a shield from the government, then you would never innovate and get vaccines for you know viruses for novel coronaviruses, for instance. Well, from from an anarcho-capitalist perspective, then would that be a market demand or would that be uh, a government mandate? Like there's so bro, I, mean, I don't that would know. Be, yeah, I'm yeah. a nationalist. <laughs> right. I don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> uh, so uh, one one more point that I wrote down real well, quick was well, really, um, wait really quickly, Jake. I, I wanted <laughs> please, to ask, Hero, sorry, I I wanted to, I wanted to ask you real quick on that was. Was what I said about immigration contradictory to that? I don't think it was. No, no, I don't think so. I think you were. I think you okay. were correct on that. I just kind of wanted to reinforce that. Was that? Gotcha. Just um, making sure because I, I yes, feel like yes. I, I represented now, that at least. Let me well. ask a yeah. question to Liberty Lockdown because I am being a bit unfair to Hero, as Chacha said. Because <laughs> you're my friend. It's because you're my friend. Gio, Gio you're dressed like a teen. <laughs> yeah, Gio, you're dressed like a teen movie uh, high school bully. Stop playing the role. <laughs> 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 my as um. Mark, um, Joel Davis's friend Marcus said, 
He said, my voice sounds like a cross between a total nerd and a 90s high school bully. So that could be. <laughs> All right. I got called a bimbo in chat. So that's fine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Some people uh, call really me a bastard. You out, boy. <laughs> yeah. No, bimbos are higher in the hierarchy than sissies. So if I were to have a choice of yeah, what Frank Hassel. Yeah, like a bottom bitch. Yeah. That's... yeah. No, <laughs> bimbos are powerful. <laughs> I mean, oh, by the way, we are 29 votes in. And right now, um, Liberty Lockdown on Nationalism is leading. Uh, Here's 58, getting murdered. 58.6%, uh, 58. not by much, 58.6%, and Hero, 41.4%. Hero, with this assessment. Hero, pick it up, dude. I do not <laughs> want nationalism got, to win. Yeah, come on, these are rookie numbers. Rookie got, numbers. You're not getting question. the tough questions, man. They've, they've been asking me, like, <laughs> okay. high-level, like, philosophical yeah, the, questions. The real That's shit. true. That's true. Oh, wait, I, got, I have to ask the Northern Californian about externalities. Okay, so if your neighbor drills down to the water table on his land and drains the water table and your house falls into a sinkhole because of it, did drinks he violate milkshake. that? Yes, he essentially yes. drinks the milkshake. No, yeah, he, he did. Exactly. So the, you homesteaded a property that relied on the water table being a certain level. This was the same thing. You know, this happens in Central Valley all the time out in California is yes, you get you get Calif you get the Bay Area or L.A. or whoever who wants to drain the aquifer underneath the Central Valley. Well, those people have already homesteaded property that relied on the water table being a certain level to be able to manage their property. When you drain that and divert the water somewhere else, that's a violation of the NAP. That is a, yes. you're stealing from them because they've already homesteaded that. Now, if through natural processes, the aquifer becomes depleted, that's a different story. But in, in the case of California, is everything about California kind of boils down to really really poorly managed paradise because yes. it is a wonderful place it has been so incredibly mismanaged by the government and this kind of brings me back to the, the last thing that i wrote in my notes was somebody brought up earlier that uh actually i think it was liberty lockdown because this would be a nationalist point where they were like look at how like nafta and like all these free trade agreements have really kind of robbed americans yeah disasters uh, yeah they're <laughs> they are and they are they are disasters <laughs> but but even if you if you label something free trade, it doesn't make it free trade. NAFTA and and other agreements that are very similar to that that call themselves free trade agreements are not free trade agreements. They are managed trade agreements. They are specifically designed and structured to favor people who are well connected in the governments on all sides. And um, but you have to do that because otherwise you end up with unilateral agreements. Because if you if you the reason that we drafted it that way is because obviously there are other countries that will not trade with us fairly. So yeah. we have to come up with, you know, bilateral agreements amongst a specific set of nations or else we'll be abused and have trade yeah. deficits and then uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm Tucker Carlson. Sure. Sure. Well, that's, and that's, that's totally a, that's a, bad that, deals that's, from yeah. China. That's a great, I mean, that's a <laughs> great point deal. and a very, a very common point that is made very bad from, deals. Uh, uh, right-wing nationalists and stuff like that. But uh, again, Walter Block has done a lot of work on this. Bob Murphy has done a lot of work on this, is that even if you have a trade deficit, uh, eventually that does even out because if, like let's say that China is um, subsidizing some industry on their side, their subsidy of that industry is making the products cheaper for you. So you are actually benefiting from that situation. But if you add a tariff onto some product from China, the only people who have money taken away from them are the people that are having the tax levied against them, which is the people consuming the product. So um, I feel I, like I I'm just direct... I'm just launching you softballs. This is <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would direct people to go check out um, Bob Murphy. He has done a lot of work on this. And actually, 
it is very, very surprisingly from a libertarian, somebody who's done amazing work on this is actually uh, Paul Krugman, who is not a libertarian in any scope of the imagination, but he's actually he's, done a lot of he's really literally retarded. Work. Yeah, he's literally retarded when he won his <laughs> Nobel Prize. He won his Nobel Prize on this topic and made the points that we would make on this topic. Incredible. But wait, yeah. wouldn't Rotorp be um, and also is California do they have like sandy loam and stuff like that? Is that why they have the liquefaction problem? Is that there's a lot mean? of factors that there's there's right? a yeah. there's a huge amount of issue. I I mean like a lot of the issues. I actually cover this on my podcast occasionally. Not not the California Next Exile. Actually, on the Wine Podcast, we talk about this because the mismanagement of California yeah. impacts the wine industry very very heavily. And um, it is again, and I'll say I will say this probably for the rest of my life because I grew up there and I love it. But it is. Uh, They've mismanaged paradise and made it a shithole. And um, uh, but but yeah, but uh, okay. So a retort would be um, to what you just said. Is it not that basically outsourcing the national economy to um, a third world dictatorship? Well, China is like second world now. But let's, for the sake of the vast majority of people, live in a third world existence. Um, to a third world dictatorship that has little to no standards, uh, importing cheap crap that is like literally like Dollar Tree shit that probably is laden with chemicals um, that, you know, for example, the mellow, what's that chemical that the children were eating in the, in the chocolate? I <laughs> oh, Lead, I know, no, yeah. <laughs> started with an M that they used to uh, coat the, uh, the desks and the school right. desks. Um, so is it not the case that because of outsourcing, displacing local production, <coughs> Sorry, displacing local that. production and corporate greed has led to uh, shoddy standards, which ultimately poor people in America and elsewhere suffer from by yeah. having no choice but to buy uh, dollar store equivalents of uh, mainstream products? Yeah, but your, yeah. Government, your government approved those products. Your government made the trade agreements that allowed those products to come in. Your government did every single. But no, there's anarcho-capitalism. There's no government. Oh! No, it, well, in, in anarcho-capitalism, you would, you would. This is. There's actually a really a decision there's a, yourself. Be an informed yeah. consumer. So you, no. So you what if they just misprint what, what if, the I mean, fucking labels, which they've done before, and sure. so you don't know that there's that, for example, there's yeah. MDA, there's so, carcinogen in that particular generic yeah. drug. No, I want, I want to get a hero a chance okay. to respond so, so to that as well. Prime, and then we have a we have my good friend yes, Bennett Bennett Demolich on the stream once yes. again. And my apologies, Bennett, for covering your eyes. The nature of the Zoom screen is that I have nowhere to put this fucking pole, so I just covered your eyes, you know, your beautiful, sparkling, shining eyes with the uh, poles. And right now, Liberty, 65%. Hero, 34%. Oh! This is 35 votes right now. So, uh, oh. uh, yeah, so let's go to uh, Chaos and Bennett, and then I want to get Hero's response on uh, how do we be informed consumers, regardless of what Gio said, and make sure that... Uh, Hero's just are... getting pumped in the dumper. <laughs> wait, sorry, wait, why am I on deck? Thanks, Gio. I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm losing by winning, though. This is not... This doesn't feel good at all. <laughs> I think I think on Twitter, as soon as you attach nationalism to something, that's gonna win. That, that's what I feel like it is too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is what an ANCAP would say. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So, Geo, you wanted a uh, chaos to uh, say yeah, something. Yeah, I thought or... chaos. You had a point, and then we will move on. Oh no, I said what I was gonna say. Okay. Oh. I just wanted oh. to ask about the the externalities. 
Okay, Mr. Bennett, how are you, sir? How's everything? Wait, do you live in Utah or no? Or is that I, I keep forgetting? It's just because... a meme. <laughs> <laughs> Undisclosed location, I'm afraid. He's okay. from parts unknown. No worries, brother. No worries. I actually had to ship a painting to someone uh, using their lawyer's address, which you is crazy. <laughs> but, but anyway, I get have... it if you're worried about. But you know, that's my policy as an artist. I would never yeah. dox anybody because it would, well, you know, agree with my business. We have a comment from Cha Shakalaka. This stream is convincing me to be a nationalist. Thank you, Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> Smiley face. Okay. Well, anyway, let's go to Hero. Food safety. You say people can be informed. Consumers. Is there anything else you can add to uh, uh, get people confidence in the uh, free market that uh, the free market is going to be able to solve a lot of these problems? when it comes to food safety, food contamination, and we don't need an overarching government system in order to uh, make sure of this. Let's see, if, okay, older me would have said this. Uh, if there are enough people concerned about this, they will likely want to, um, you know, it, that creates a demand for it. I would say that in America itself, there would be a higher demand for local production, production of these things that you can trust. And you would see, you know, the, the, the rise in demand for that would correlate to a, um, you know, someone obviously capitalizing on that and, and starting to make more, you know, domestically and more, um, uh, more uh, morally uh, produced products and you could buy from them. You, you know, there's nothing saying you have to buy from, from China and to buy from these other countries. Hmm. Liberty or, lockdown. Is yeah, not, what, what, let what me, can go let wrong? Let me ask you a hardball. Um, is it for the nationalist side, is it not the case that things such as tariffs and, um, laws that protect the populace, uh, such as um, burdensome health regulations, do they not sort of uh, place taxes upon lower income people who would otherwise find benefit in uh, lower in, um, in cheaply, not cheaply made, but in, uh, well, yeah, cheaply made, but in products that are of a sort of like lower bracket on the uh, national supply, is it not the case that you're basically pricing these people out of the market by uh, raising the cost of living with these various externalities that governments place upon production from uh, third world, you know, from China or elsewhere. There, there might be a modicum of, of increase in, in, you know, average prices, but because we are maintaining industry and leaving uh, tremendous amounts of employment opportunity to the people, not to mention that we have a very strong um, education system and, and a, a cultural framework that, that endorses hard work and and uh, limits degeneracy that these people would then uh, have the opportunity to you know reach gainful employment that would allow them to afford what might be considered a higher price as opposed to fucking slave labor i mean what are we talking about here slaves are building shit so of course it's going to be cheaper but in in my system because they won't be able to import their goods uh we will have a better economic model and we have $5 from Osiris44 who says, and this actually goes right into what Liberty was saying and then what I would love for you to uh, talk about, uh, sorry, what Hero was saying and what I would love for you to talk about Liberty, which is uh, one look at the average American citizen will destroy any argument of an informed citizen being real. <laughs> so when it comes to the, <laughs> when it comes to uh, consumer goods and trusting that people will make the right decision and they will seek out better alternatives and they will organize uh, do you see any troublesome potential here down the line that a, a more government-mandated uh, system to make sure that people are healthy and not being hoodwinked by uh, you know various uh, low-quality goods pretending to be high-quality? And then we have another super chat. Which another one. one? Yeah. 
Wait, really? Hold on. After Osiris, there's another one? No, there's... Uh, did, did you read Osiris's? That, that was yeah, the yeah, one yeah. you just read. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the one. So anyway, uh, Liberty, go for it, my friend. Oh, I, th I thought you were asking Hero. No, 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 no. This is for you, because I'm basically saying, like, there's a situation where uh, the consumers may not be as informed, and they may end up making this, uh, the wrong decisions and get hoodwinked and tricked by, well, you know... Well, that's exactly why you that, need a strong would... central government, because you have to have regulations and... and um tariffs to prevent shoddy products coming in from china so all of that would be alleviated under my economic model and my governmental system because you would have a very strong regulatory environment uh fda all these things that exist today would be um you know not only continued but perhaps strengthened under a nationalist model lev i believe that was more addressed to me because i said they needed to be you know informed mm. consumers uh, i see okay well okay that makes sense it, it kind of us... reminds me of that one clip where um Who's the the guy, uh, Milton Friedman, where he, uh, he the young a teenage Michael Moore, told asked him about the Ford company, the Pinto exploding when you <laughs> hit them from the back. So uh, and he said, well, the externality of it, like what if um, what if it's cheaper actually just to like wither a few lawsuits of people dying than to like change the product and Murray. Um, not Mary Rutherford. Um, Milton Friedman said, well, you know, that's the cost of doing business and stuff like that. An informed consumer. So it kind of reminds me of that uh, that one snippet. I felt like that was one of the weaker ones of his, like, you know, the YouTube clips that were pretty popular mm -hmm. of him. So the next one, I really like this one. This one's going to be fun. So a creation creation of a council of national aesthetics and style made up of classically trained architects and designers. Hero, why is this a bad idea? You're, I mean, essentially, your, your demand. This one, I can, I can answer genuinely, somewhat, um, <laughs> because I even argue with myself on this one. Uh, you're, you're denying the ability for for designers and and architects and artists to to express themselves out onto the world, onto the onto the nation with with a, with a policy or a council that would be as restrictive as that, right? Like, it's. Uh, Hero, why do you why do you hate beauty? <laughs> there can there's there's beauty to be found in in a multitude of styles and in a multitude of things. I I think it's oh come on under 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 you can't look at a, this painful Under the existing system, we have fucking people like Maria Abramovich spirit cooking and all you know people people shitting on the floor and calling it art. Obviously, under my system, we would have to have some sort of national principles by which we allow art to be created. Otherwise, not you end it. up in degeneracy and drug use it's, and addiction and all on, sorts. It's not on. It's not on art. It's on buildings. This is about buildings. This is about I, like. Dude, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, it could be. Let's for the sake of it, art in general, because there. Well, I don't know how it is in America, but in Canada, we have national arts grants going to like uh, uh, feminists that do things uh, with their uh, fluids. So. All right. Well, then you have yeah, to have a uniform architecture models because it gives a sense of national pride and recognition of uh the people's unity with each other i think but let's actually sure. go down a little bit a little bit deeper here because again liberty i love you man but right now i think you are creating the straw man and crawling into the straw man and Dude. acting it out i know this, on but... this one on this one i really don't understand it so like i'm sorry no no but this is why but this is why i want to see if there is a possibility to understand it further down the line so let's pretend I got one. you are okay go for please, it please better please go for it 
So, and this is not, uh, I don't want to hold this close. Um, you're going to have a ruling elite that makes the, these determinations regardless. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if that's a good elite, uh, then that's preferable to it just being whoever has the money to, to, to make those decisions sort of uh, under the table or, or uh, surreptitiously. Um, you know, and, and obviously, is this in reference those, to architecture? Uh, if men were angels, no government. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, because a, a, an, an elite that builds, there have been elites throughout history that have uh, financed and endorsed really incredible architecture as well as art and everything else. And uh, in a lot of cases, that was institutionalized and that was formalized um and and i think uh our 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 system now it's hard for me to see how how more uh more liberty in that domain makes things better at this point i think uh we've we've got kind of all the liberty we can stomach in the aesthetic realm and i think that you can make the argument that that roman architecture as well as art is kind of the pit- pinnacle of humanity. So, uh, in that regard, I think that this is a perfectly logical conclusion that we should we should try and re-implement those policies okay. that they had. Why? Why is it a pinnacle of humanity? Do you well, want me to explain this point a bit well, further? A counterpoint. Well, yes. no, no, I, I really, let me I go think... to a counterpoint. Or sounds like nationalism. Be... <laughs> counterpoint to liberty in Bennett would be um, in the 19th century, before World War One. There was uh, the Académie de France, which had a very rigid academicism style. So think of, for example, Bouguereau and uh, even before then with Watteau and other painters. You wouldn't basically have Impressionism unless they were willing to form together and create their alternative galleries outside of the rigid French academic art system. So is that not an argument? We wouldn't have Renoir, we wouldn't have Monet if the head of the Academy de France had his way and said that this was just trash. And this was, uh, uh, for example, Matisse's painting was called sardonically by a critic of Fauvida, wild beast, meaning that there's no control. We wouldn't have the dancers by Matisse if we uh, didn't have the freedom to uh, display these works so that could be a potential counter argument mm. i know it's hard to say but, but these works they are still a, they're they're still on like a sort of high them. level that's the thing we have a weak elite we have a unhealthy elite so the kind of works that they like to display for example when mayor de blasio was advertising recently in new york city that new york city's art scene is coming back and he had like these people oh, in the, the background yeah. yes people were people were comparing those dancers to the nihilists from um, that coen brothers movie uh the one bowling with uh, the big lebowski you remember yeah. so and, it's and like lee was a nihilist from red Hot yeah, but, i mean and then, so, i think i think i mean at least from my perspective and and you guys are i'm sure better artists than i am although i did start out as an art history major in college uh any sort of state-sponsored art ends up being shit down the road it can start out great it can start out great but uh, Excuse as, me, but as, French, those the, that excessively gay art from France. Are you telling me that that humanity would not be as good as it is today if it weren't oh. for Renoir? No, this <laughs> fucking <laughs> guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but you, but you, but kind of, kind of to Gio's point, wasn't like uh, who, who is it? Is it Ducamp, uh, Is it Duchamp? Or I don't know how to say French stuff. Duchamp. 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 Yeah, the new descending staircase. Wasn't that like laughed out of like standard art galleries at the time? But like, it's a pretty yeah. It's a pretty prolific yeah. piece of art now and is considered 
a masterpiece. I still, yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen with some but of then, the art that we're but seeing. Then, but what about what about Mel? Uh, Mel is it his Melvich? Uh, Malevich. Malevich. I, Malevich. I think you yeah. guys are missing the point of this. And the this Silver topic. Lake periods of the Silver Lake period and the Russian futurists, they were totally crushed by Stalinist state. Yes, Bajio, Bajio, they were realism, just and heroes, right? We got to get back on track here. But before that, I just want to say Sorry, that those, I had to make those, this into an I know, I know. Those, those <laughs> artists, but those artists, they did something that can only really be done once. You have a black square once. You can't really do that shit again. So this is why, like right now, I think we're just seeing too much cop copies of copies of copies of things that existed before but to the thing that Zombie i wanted to ask yeah, yeah to the things that i want to ask hero when you're talking about and i know buff i'm not going to get into it but i'm going to ask uh, liberty when you look at these neoclassical uh, uh painting uh painting neoclassical buildings what is it that you see about them that's special why would they be considered more special than i don't know like why is the some... rococo house in germany more special than uh <laughs> The, the Frank Geary one, like, right across the street. You guys don't love the Dallas Federal Reserve building? <laughs> oh, that's another guys, The Antwerp oh, Courthouse that's spicy. Is, 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 a, is, is the pinnacle of, of expression and, and, and uh, a, a modern triumph over the, the ancient architectural ways. <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I'm going to need Hero to explain the why yeah. on this one because I, I simply don't know it. Yeah, for sure. So I, I feel like it's partially probably to blame for me not, you know, detailing it out further. But the the point of, of this this topic is uh, if you look at the other points that I've made so far in the thing, you can see that my my take is is uh, um, it has a lot to do with with, you know, cohesion, making a, a national identity, a national culture, things like that. The point of this is is that this is this is a a, uh, a theme that can also be found in in architecture and in, in in the way that we represent the buildings that we work in, that we function in, that we do these things in. The, there's um you know we 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 make ugly buildings and it makes us feel miserable and it makes it it makes it a miserable environment to do the work that we do in. It makes it miserable to live in. It does all these things. And that um, the the free range of, of architecture in, in cities and in, in government buildings has kind of contributed to this. The idea would be that having a council that's, you know, not super restrictive, but but um, can set the tone for architectural styles for the, for the country, especially towards government buildings, would alleviate some of that misery. That's the idea. Yeah, the Eastern... You know, Eastern Germany definitely had, you know, probably the highest level of non-drab and aesthetically pleasing art. So I, I agree. Let, let me ask. A, I want to kind of. I want to kind of take this. You, you up give the more, you give the worst takes on these things, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I want to. I want to like take this up. I'm at least trying here, man. Come on. I have to have fun with it sometimes. I want to go up a, a meta level here and ask Liberty Lockdown a, a question. Just. Uh, wouldn't you say, well, okay, a criticism that can be made is that these large central national institutions that you're talking about, you're basically building single points of failure into the society. You're creating a large incentive for these institutions to be taken over, to be hollowed out, to longer, no longer serve their purpose. And, and we can see this you know, extensively with the, the worldwide response to, to COVID-19, where you're seeing institutions that have just been hollowed out, failing to, uh, to serve their purpose. And you, you know, we could see uh, also that's a, that that's a weakness of nationalism, not not a 
Not right, and I'm, and I'm saying, like, you know, how, how would you address this criticism? No, excuse me. I'm saying it's a sign. It's a sign of weak, weakened nationalism because our nation is not nationalistic. That is the reason that we failed in the. Right, but aren't you aren't you inviting that weakness by like, you know, you could say that, oh, it's because China has a strong nationalism that that it's it's you know functional. But uh, we, we could say that. You know the the forces that are trying to hollow out these institutions and 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 turn them against their purpose they only have to succeed once whereas the forces that are trying to keep these institutions strong and functional they have to succeed every time so that by setting up these large single points of failure you're you're essentially inviting the the failure scenario pretty good point. i mean that doesn't oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck give me a second i can come up with some doesn't bullshit. that presuppose that Centralization is only going to happen if if we make it happen, as opposed to just sort of this evolutionary sort of gradient that pulls things towards centralization with money. I mean, it doesn't uh, matter. I would if think it's, that the the ANCAP, if it's a soulless corporate entity or a soulless state entity, right? Yeah, they. And and that's actually a good point. Under a nationalist model, it doesn't inherently mean that you're going to have everything centralized into one focal focal point for. Uh, you know, innovation or artwork or architecture. So um, I think that while that's a fair critique, it doesn't actually apply to nationalism. Nationalism is about protectionism and, and focusing on the American people first and foremost. So um, I just think it's a bit of a, it's a straw man against my position. Uh, I see. So the, you know, you wouldn't say that it's fair to uh, say that nationalism tends to promote that kind of thing in the bulk of the cases that we see. Um, I mean, certainly you could show examples of it, but I would I would argue that that is an example of a, a nation in decay, not a not a strong nationalist country. A, a so the, the, the centralization the of institutions isn't inherent to nationalism, is what you're saying there? Yes, it's not. Uh, you would uh, it certainly may happen naturally, um, but it's not. It, you would have more centralized power when it comes to you know trade because we would be focused on on production at home, but as far as um, internal dynamics and, and creation and other industries within, uh, it wouldn't be all controlled so heavily, I think. All right, fair, thank you. Interesting. So now I'm looking at some of the other points that uh, Hero was bringing up here, and you guys do have a lot of points that I think you agree on. And like, um, uh, like uh, Clint, uh, you told me before, that when you look through Hero's uh, work, you saw that a lot of these points uh, were that there was a lot more nuance. You can't really pin Hero down as like this is like a stereotypical nationalist of like whatever type you would want to say. And no, some of these points not, yeah. I just want to say over here because I think we are getting to the second half right now. It's seven fifty-four. We start oh, at six thirty. So yes, so you guys can take off the mask. You don't need to. Uh, yes. So no, now we can are, actually. Are we, is this yes. the, is this the end? Okay. Thank God. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Can, can I can we go back and forth um like discussing what we agree on? Absolutely, yeah. Well, I would I love could, that. Yeah. There you go. Also Liberty, I I I want to say big big respect to you for for doing this with me, but I I got to say man, please please look into these these things, especially the points that I've made on here a little bit further cuz I feel like you were straw manning my position yeah. like way too heavily during Well, this, no, man. this is actually something I, I that I want to talk about a, too. I was a real try on this, but I I, I really would appreciate you looking at Wait, wait, wait actually Hero here are you bringing well, you up you have a, the opportunity to right yeah now. this this yeah, is it definitely. this is where but before that i just want to update everybody so 40 votes uh <laughs> liberty uh, on nationalism 65 percent hero on ancap 35 percent nationalism <laughs> <laughs>
so and, and, and I, I just want to explain real quick. I, I, for the most part, I was not trying to straw man. Some of for these, sure. I, I genuinely did not understand. So I just did my yeah. best. Yeah. And, and, and if I sounded like a clown, I fucking kind of ended it with a joke. So uh, just that's, to make it entertaining, fair, you know, yeah. I, well, I really so, wasn't trying no, to straw no man. Shade, no shade, man. I, I, I want to see you like genuinely tackle these things at some point is all I'm saying. And I, I appreciate well, well, let's, go right let's go through them right now. Let's go through them now. Yeah, I will right now. Uh, I, I think I think one point that we didn't get into, which I, I think is actually a really good point, um, sure. is that you said that you would like to see efforts to return to a one-income ho- household as a standard. I think that oh, yeah. part, part of the reason that we are decaying as a society, and I think we will agree on this, is that we are no longer reproducing. We are no longer valuing uh, the, the family framework. Yes. Um, you know, culturally, we're, we're falling apart because of this. And uh, I don't know about your perspective, but I'll speak from the ANCAP perspective, is that sure. this is largely derived from the Federal Reserve System and the, the ever-decreasing value of, of the you know, fiat currency. So um, if... My my personal answer to your desire to get back to a one income household would be to eliminate the Fed, get back to some sort of uh, sound money, and then you yeah. would probably be able to do that. I, I would I would agree with you on that. I think I think it's a, a multifaceted problem. I think there's a lot of things contributing to that. It has a lot to do with um, uh, marketing, media representation. Um, but I, I also think that companies themselves are are heavily pushing for. Um, for, for there to be more of the um, you know to get more of, more of the people in this country into the workforce and I think that they're 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 willing to to you know risk the dissolution of the family to get people in there to work for them and I think that that's inherently abusive okay I think that's fair I I, I don't think that this is naturally a product of capitalism um, we're, we're, is that where you were going with it that, that well, this it's is- not that necessarily that it's a you know I'm gonna say the market because capitalism is kind of a loaded term sure. right I, I, I'm gonna it's not necessarily an inherent um, problem with the market as a as a function of, of you know of its economy I, I think it, it more has to do with with the way in which uh, or the power in which um, especially larger corporations what I know Jake would say is 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 as a you know is part of the problem is is um the government creating these things but they, they do exist and they they are a um a result of unchecked capitalism i, th- I think a, i think a free market quote unquote does produce these kinds of uh you know powerful uh businesses which you know they, they become corporations in a sense maybe not in the exact sense we see now but close enough um, not in the anarcho-capitalist th- system but i get your point yeah well, i i think or go ahead Bluff. well i just want to say uh before uh well after after this, I want to go through the straw men that you saw uh, were being made uh, by Liberty. But uh, but also, I just want to say for everybody who's watching, we got 46 people watching right now. Please subscribe. All you people who did not subscribe yet, subscribe right now because this is quality ass entertainment that we are providing <laughs> for you. I mean, where else are you going to get a stream where we switch things up in this way? This is this is fucking legendary. I love it, and I'm so grateful for everybody to be here to. Uh, uh, to, to do Unless this. you're in and, high yeah. school and you go to debate class. Then that's that's yeah. all I did for years in college, man. Um, there we go. This, is, this is only the second debate I've ever done, and I'm taking the inverse position. So this has been very challenging for me, but I, I really appreciate, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Um, so I have I, a quote. For, or go, oh, ahead, go ahead, Hero. Go ahead, Hero. Well, to, to end it anyway, I, I think that, you know, uh, these these forces having so much power is, uh, they, they will inherently try and get as much of the um, as many people to to help them profit as as possible, and I, I think that that's a problem. They mm. they will disregard the the health of of the family, which I, honestly I think is is kind of a um, short sighted of them. I think they will they will risk that to I, I, uh, 
yeah my, my, my view is that you're you're essentially lamenting the product of crony capitalism where you have an extremely sure. strong central government uh very high taxes uh, uh ever depreciating you know currency uh this is not in my view a a critique of capitalism uh, or in the anarcho-capitalist sense where you don't have a state so um but I do agree that that at the end of the day, we have similar interests in mind. I just yeah. think that we see the enemy being slightly different. Um, I just wanted to say brie briefly that I completely agree with you on removing all military units from countries we're not at war with and oh, also yeah, cut it, cutting, eliminating foreign aid to, uh, you said hostile and developed countries, I would say to any countries, but uh, that's... I'd know. be fine with that too. I'm not going to object to that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So Buff, if you imagine the market as a sentient... Uh, optimization formula of course you couldn't escape its hypnosis yeah that's true that is the uh the rx uh option but this quote comes from drum roll please a certain italian philosopher if you know what i'm talking Ooh. about so okay quote nothing is more evident than the modern than that modern capitalism is just as subversive as marxism the materialistic view of life on which both systems are based is identical both of their own ideas are qualitatively identi identical including the premise uh, premises connected to a world the center of which is constituted of technology science production quote-unquote productivity and consumption. As long as we only talk about economic classes, profit, salaries, and production, as long as we believe that real human progress is determined by a particular system of distribution <laughs> of wealth and goods, and that, generally speaking, human progress is measures, measured by a degree of wealth or indigence, uh, uh, then we are not even close to what is essential, even though new theories beyond Marxism and capitalism might be formulated. And that is by uh, Baron Julius Evola. And yes. I believe that was from a revolt against the modern world. And, and I so. love a Sha Shakalaka's comment here. Italian philosopher, Chef Boyardee. <laughs> 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 and Shashakalaka also had a great comment over here. And by the way, guys, we are taking Always super we are taking super chats as well for all of you guys who are feeling gener generous. Be sure to sneed us the super chats. Anyway, Shashakalaka's question is actual question. Liberty, how would you personally rate or describe how Hero handled being an ANCAP for this exercise? As uh, honestly, I was surprised because he said that he he came from libertarianism. That that you would struggle in any regard. Uh, were you never uh, an ANCAP? Were you kind of a minarchist? Uh, I I would say minarchist is is correct. the The issue is, and I I think you kind of share in this because you you take your positions very seriously and you you hold them very closely. Right. And I and I think that's kind of partially what made it hard you know hard for both of us to uh, you know, sure. espouse these views is that when we're speaking on these things, it's you know our our default reaction is is to go with what our gut and what our what our heart is telling us because we believe these to be the the correct and 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 moral um, decisions and and. Uh, positions right. that we have so you know well, it, it was more my difficulty was more just me fighting and, that natural <laughs> inclination and having to think how did i think about this years ago versus you know what would i say right now interesting okay uh yeah no i i get the instinct i definitely recoiled having to answer um along yeah. your line of <laughs> ideological yeah. thinking so uh and to to his uh, bigger point I, I thought he did a good job i, I mean it wasn't it, certainly there was areas that i would have added to as i'm yeah. Clearly, he felt the same about mine, but I, I didn't think that it was, uh, you know, total straw mans or bullshit or anything. Yeah. I thought it was it was pretty solid. I appreciate. Now, it. Also, full disclosure, I should have mentioned this at the beginning, 
but full disclosure, break the rules. So Lev Jules and I are actually sponsored and given uh, secretly given money by Peter Thiel, along <laughs> with uh, other podcasters. So this is how we can get primo guests. Peter Thiel gives us money. Yeah. And no, also... you're supposed to keep this a secret. So the oh, I'm sorry. Chats... I, I said the quiet part loud and the loud part yeah. quiet. I'm sorry. We need... Also, we're going to get Jim from the office on soon, if everyone knows that reference. <laughs> we need, we need, no, we sneed. We sneed the super chat. I'm okay, not subtweeting us. anybody. I am not subtweeted, yep. but we do get money from Peter Thiel along with uh, Red Scare, Perfume that? Nationalist, uh, Bronze Age Perfect. We're all going to have a podcast network, a Thiel podcast <laughs> network, where they give us money. And then so. you know what it's going to be called? It's going to be called the Thiel Good Network. That's what <laughs> oh. oh, I'm leaving. I'm done, man. No. <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> I you that. know, you know who I feel like right now. I feel like um, that uh, that uh, cartoon uh, Hebrew. If you guys ever saw that from Wonder Chosen, where there was that oh, Jewish guy, God, that who, yes, who turned into the uh, like the, like the black He Man, and they were saying his wordplay. It's too biting. How about you biting? Huh? I'm one of my <laughs> kosher hot dogs. So yeah, I think oh. I think I've got that gift. Anyway. Um, Speaking before we get to the potential straw man, uh, speaking about like this being like a high school debate, the big difference, and I think it's very important, is that this is a debate which I want to keep having on multiple subjects from people who, let's say, are a mix of people who are online and in more of a professional space. And uh, Liberty, you are more in, let's say, the libertarian professional space. I mean, I'm not really sure like how I'll say it. Like you're going to be with Dave Smith really soon, and I'm really happy uh, for that. By the way, that is incredible. Dave Smith. Dave. He... Dave is awesome. Yeah, I'm on next Wednesday. Amazing. Amazing. Very so cool. it's like it's like there are people who are in certain, let's say, more professional communities, and I want to bring them on and I want to have them debate with people who would be kind of like a polar opposite in the same way. Like mm -hmm. I do want to get people who are, let's say, more in like a establishmentarian, NPR-ish type of uh, way and have them talk to somebody who's like a mold buggy and neo-reactionary. And, you know, like that, that would be really cool for me just to have these two different worlds meet, not in the high school where it's like all the students are provided with like the same literature and all that stuff, but actually once they're finally like away from high school and within all these other influences that they have around them and that would that's a very interesting thing to do and i'm the really thunderdome exactly two men I enter one man leaves oh by the way eggy has there been any contact with eggy because i really want to get him on if Could possible not get a hold of him i said uh, uh, i tried to ping him in a server he's in with me couldn't get him all right, well, then, uh, uh, I mean, Eggy, if you're listening to this right now, I would love to have you on. But anyway, Hero, take it away as far as certain things that you found. Uh, I mean, I don't know if a straw man is the right word here, but certain things you would have wanted to see a little bit more fleshed out, and that was your opportunity. Uh, it wasn't a, a ton. It was just a couple of things I feel like could have been fleshed out a little better, considering the, the tier of questions that I had been asked from the panel. Um, something I would have liked to have seen gone into more especially was probably trade. I think the the um, the concern being focused on on the trade deals themselves was kind of uh, not missing the point, but I, I felt maybe a, a touch shallow. I would have liked to seen maybe both of us get into that a little bit more. I I, I think uh, at least from my perspective, I think the the issue with trade because I, and I even outlined this in, in the thing I sent you. I, I said, um, you know, material material wealth is not always the the main concern. I, I think uh, well being of, of the people obviously comes first, and I, I think it, a lot of the the big problems with with the free trade that we see, especially at other 
you know, nations is that um, it displaces the the American worker and his production and the nest, you know, the, the necessity for domestic production of, of things, including like, you know, food, uh, resources, uh, trades and, and crafts that come from this country, which which contribute to the to the culture. And it makes sure pe makes sure people are, are employed and doing something meaningful. And the liberty, as far as your perspective on because I like that you share sentiments that Hero has and try and you try to figure out a way that those could be accomplished without the use of a lot of government intervention. Would there be anything that you could say here that could kind of fulfill what a Hero wants to see as far as a thriving uh, America when it comes to uh, these kind of goods? Yeah, I, I think that I think that, uh, you know, wanting a strong national economy, even though I'm not much interested in nationalism but sure. uh, i think that obviously i i am interested in having a community that is is thriving and wealthy and healthy and um you know i don't i don't feel that there's much difference between us in that regard i just think that ultimately unfettered capitalism which is not what we have even though people constantly describe it as such uh would be the greatest net benefit to society and and because we are so far away from it and because people still believe that we exist in a capitalist system uh, it gets demonized in a way that is completely unfair, but it doesn't matter. It, I can't convince people that this isn't capitalism, even though we have fucking, uh, you know, the so, biggest government in the history of mankind. We have regulations out the ass. We have taxes for days. Right. Um, there's all, but, all sorts of reason that that. Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. Yeah. So my, my question to that would be what, you know, in, in what ways in your system would would uh, local jobs be secured over, you know, people? It wouldn't be. They wouldn't be. Well, that, I, just to put it bluntly, I mean, it, well, why? Why I would do, the profit motive not not override that? And why? Why would we? You know, why the goal? The you know the, the goal for us that you and I both kind of share the thing we're interested in here. How how would the profit motive of the system that you're describing? How would that not get in the way of that? That's what my question would be. Uh, well, I, I don't push back against the profit motive. I think it's a net a net positive because it drives innovation. It drives capital allocation. Um, but I would argue that, gosh, I'm trying to think of how to get well, to this. Why, you, why you're thinking, can I, can I say something to that? Is that yeah. kind of vis-a-vis -vis the current system, one of the reason a lot of the, and I know that this is a, a trope that uh, anarcho-capitalists bring up a lot. One of the reasons a lot of this stuff goes overseas is because of inflation that is created by the Federal Reserve. There, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for trees to be chopped down in California, shipped to China, turned into furniture, and shipped back unless there is an economic incentive from the currency perspective. It is extremely, extremely expensive to do that. But one of the reasons why they build furniture overseas rather than in California is minimum wage laws, um, that China has purchased a huge amount of treasuries and interest is paid in dollars. So they have a lot of dollars. They've got to spend them somewhere. So maybe they'll buy trees in uh, from California or Oregon or wherever and have them shipped over, even though it is a net negative from a stable monetary perspective, but from an inflationary monetary spec per perspective, it's not a net negative. That actually makes sense to do that. So in, when it comes to like international trade, um, you have, uh, absolute advantage and relative advantage. And so when it comes to things like, let's say growing bananas, you could grow bananas in Iceland, you know, pump up some of that hydrothermal stuff, warm up a greenhouse, you know, it wouldn't grow as fast because you don't have as much sunlight and that sort of stuff. You could do that there. Um, but there's a relative advantage to growing bananas in like Costa Rica or somewhere like that. So right. it is. So 
But that's when, something when, climate dependent, right? It, it is climate dependent, but there's also there's culture dependency. There's there's uh, a... there's prevailing wage dependency. There's there's a lot of different things. Is that now the government does enforce a lot of prevailing wage, which I think if there was no minimum wage, we probably would see a lot of those Chinese jobs come back here. People would be paid a different amount. But if you had a stable currency over time, the deflationary pressures would either allow them to move up into a higher wage position and or just have a higher purchasing power on their money. So there's a lot there's a, there's a huge amount of factors that go into this. And I, and I and I understand that, like, but there's kind of back to that point is that one of the reason a lot of these things flow outside of the United States is that one of the United States' main exports is U.S. dollars. Britain doesn't accept U.S. dollars to purchase trees. The United States accepts U.S. dollars to purchase trees. If you have an abundance of U.S. dollars abroad, you're going to purchase things that are purchased in that country, bring them out of that country, manufacture something neat, and it, and if and you know furniture, chairs, whatever it is, and one of the places you're going to send that back to is the place where the trees originated. If it doesn't make sense economically to ship those things back and forth overseas, and I would argue from a sound monetary perspective, it does not it make sense. Yeah, yeah, it does not make sense to spend billions of dollars shipping wood or even finished parts from California to China to be assembled and then shipped back. It this is this is all caused by the government's intervention in the Middle East, driving oil prices down. Uh, it has to do with inflating the currency so that the, the that that's what they're exporting so that you can either purchase oil with this or you can purchase American products with it. And we don't really make anything anymore. We do chop down trees. That's one thing that we can do, but we don't really make much here. So they're not buying that kind of stuff here. They're buying unfinished things, finishing them and then sending them back. And it's because when you are inflating the currency as the currency is printed, the people who get it first, they have the greatest advantage to that. And in the United States, we do get it a little bit before you know Joe Schmo in China who puts the chairs together. So we do have an advantage. They do want to send those chairs to us because we do have a higher purchasing power because we got the dollars first. But you know, Cantalon effect. Yeah, yeah, the Cantalon effect. It's it's you know guy who runs Alibaba or whatever. I guess he disappeared. But whoever new runs Alibaba, he doesn't give a shit. He's got so much money. But Joe Schmo in China does care. He's trying to use yuans to do stuff. But these chairs to him are very expensive because the 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 i guess the inflationary pressure hasn't reached us yet but by the time it gets to him the dollars aren't really worth that much anymore so it's again bob murphy's done a lot of work on this walter block's done a lot of work on this even even kind of normie mainstream economists have done work on this this is not a this is not like a um like a it's not like a outside idea or anything this is like mainstream economics that this is something yeah. that actually this is something that can be measured that now the the effect of it can be debated but and I, I would say that probably the ancaps the austrians those types of people would say that this effect is much greater than mainstream but even mainstream people agree that these pressures exist and and that's what the united states is exporting they're exporting inflation let me let me add one thing uh, mm -hmm. i also think that Actually, uh, let me get let me give Hero a chance to counter because you just laid a ton on him. So go ahead first, Hero, if you want to. I, I don't know if there's necessarily a, a lot to counter. My 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 the, the point of of the policy right is is not what policy goes into effect right. The point is to return to domestic production. What, whatever whatever means that takes, I'll, I'll I'll you know I'll probably be for it. If if it if that's the case, if that's going to to fix the problem, then yeah, sure, that's that's a, a good way to go about it. 
I'm, I'm interested in solutions to these things. It's, it's not a necessarily, you know, a, um, I'm interested in the, in the philosophy of it more so than the, the effect. I'm, I'm interested in the effect. I want whatever is going to, yeah, you want to, the outcome. Yes. I get it. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, sorry. Are we done? <laughs> or, or yeah, go, go ahead. So I don't, I don't really have a whole lot to argue with, with Jake on. If that's a solution to it, then I'm, I'm more than happy to, to, to see that go into effect. The question is how much, you know, how much time does that take? How, you know, what would we need to do to do that? Those are all things you have to look into. And, you know, yeah. again, how many people are going to be suffering in the meantime while the effect of this goes on? That's, that's something you have to consider. So th that's yeah. more what my concern is about. What method we take to do this is, is kind of uh, less important. up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, the other aspect which he didn't touch on is that I think that, uh, you know, losing jobs, industrial jobs and things of that nature to overseas to lower wages is part of creative destruction. It frees up, uh, you know, additional capital and additional intellectual capital to pursue other potential exports. So I think that yeah. there and you've well, you've seen it. I mean, you've seen it with our technology technology industry is that we have stopped producing things industrially uh, because we have a competitive advantage in a different area. Uh, and I, I agree with you that it's still it still damages the lowest rung of the economic ladder. Is that what you were going to say? Kind of. It, it's it's more so what what are the kind of jobs that are left for Americans to do, especially if you have a uh, as wide a swath of I don't want to say low IQ necessarily, but they are rather low IQ um, people, right? People that are not uh, college educated, quote unquote, or, uh, you know, it's, uh, skilled or equipped enough to handle the jobs that are being opened up. What do we do with them? What do we do with, with people that are, are, uh, rightfully, you know, skilled in, in production jobs, in, in, uh, in, in, uh, manufacturing in, in things that don't require. I think the, I think the bigger problem things. is that we don't have people that are skilled in those arenas anymore. We, we have, I, I, we have... I think we, I think we do. I think, I think these are jobs that are easier enough to get into. I think the openings are just not there or we're exporting them to other countries or to it's, foreigners. It's not true though. There, there, there are tremendous opportunities. If you want to go to trade school, become a plumber, electrician, there, there are opportunities right now that exist. There aren't, there aren't really opportunities, mm -hmm. uh, largely in, in industrial production. But, um, I still think that the, the problem is, is that we are, uh, first off, I would obviously uh, abolish the public school system, which is creating uh, a bunch of employees that are worthless because they've mm. been indoctrinated with a bunch of nonsense. So uh, I think that's the, that. that's like square one. From that point on, uh, you you need to stop subsidizing college tuition, which is causing it yeah. to be extraordinarily expensive, and it's educating kids in fucking really sick, evil ideology. So uh, those those things, I think, alleviate much of what you're talking about. Getting back to sound money probably alleviates most of the rest of it. That's not to say that you won't always have, in a globalized economy, uh, a downside to it. There will be some downside. You're going to have industries that that come up and they die because other countries get a better competitive, uh, competitive advantage. But um, overall, I think that under my economic system, you would alleviate many of the issues that you're most concerned with. That that's my belief system. Sure, I'm, I, and I'm not going to necessarily disagree on that. I'm, I, you know, again, if it, if it works to alleviate those things, great. My my concern is what kinds of jobs are coming in to replace the ones that are being taken away, and it, there is there is a gap in in. Uh, competency is kind of a, a harsh word to use for it, but let's say skill cap. There is a gap in the skill cap for the jobs that are that are replacing these ones that are leaving. And I think that's a huge issue. Yeah. yeah and I, and I, I'm actually, I'm very sympathetic to uh, Hero's position on this because I mean, just in general, like I kind of actually sort of what Liberty Lockdown was saying is that, you know, I, I would prefer to live in a uh, probably what most nationalists would envision their 
their well yeah. you know would envision their community being like prof you know there's a there's a podcast that i like listening to called strong towns and his mm-hmm. his line is always um uh, a good life in a prosperous place that's the goal is is it and whatever that means for you that could be a different thing or whatever and, and i'm reminded that a couple of years ago i i rode my bicycle uh 500 miles from southern illinois to northern illinois uh and and then back down and the entire time i went through town after town after town that was completely empty yeah there, there was yeah. nothing there it was gutted and th- there was a, there was a yeah it, it really is it's 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 it, it leads into the the whole opioid crisis and the, the yeah. tearing apart of of the the working class family as well and it's 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 so related to that and this is why this is of such yeah. concern to me and well i think and, you'll and, find that ancaps don't disagree with you that it's no, a major yeah. major problem and, and, well, and, that, and that was kind of, I mean, that was definitely one of like a, a very eye-opening experience for me. And the, the few people that were left, most of them on disability or social security that were left in these towns, uh, you know, I would stop at like a burger joint and there was like a guy there and he's like, oh my gosh, a person. Like uh, I would, you know, stop to fill up my water or something like that and get a burger. And, and like, so I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a friendly guy. I make conversations. I was like, so like, what's, what's this uh, like town or whatever? Like what's, what's, you know, going on here? And he's like, well, I mean, and this was the same story at like every single town. Mm-hmm. Well, it used to be this, but now that's in China. And so yeah. it's nothing. And now one of the towns in particular, their industry was fluorite mining. They, you know, for this like in yeah. toothpaste and, and also the water to brainwash people. So, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but some fluorite. argue it to make the frogs gay. Yeah, that's right. Well, that, and that was or what the turtles. Was, that was the, uh, that was, what they used to do in this town and and it was it just kind of stuck with me so i remember looking it up and just looking at one of the reasons why that doesn't exist anymore was the amount of environmental safety and minimum wage regulations that went on in illinois that made it so that it just was not possible for people who ran fluorite mines to to mine fluorite at a reasonable profit and these all went to China because they don't have all of those regulations. And this is kind of one of the nationalist things that people argue about is they say, well, you know, they got, you know, the, the, what are they called? The Uyghurs, the Uyghurs or the, um, that, that group that does like, uh, Falun Gong, I think it is like, yeah, so just like well, we had actually both a Uyghur and a Falun Gong member on our China stream, by the way. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and, and they basically just round these people up and they're slaves. They yeah. harvest organs or they force them to mine fluorite, I guess, or, you know, whatever it was. And, and so, yes, yeah, so I do see kind of like that type of uh, argument from the nationalist perspective going like, well, these people are doing this. Why would you allow that product to be purchased? Well, the the issue is that I, from my perspective, would be that a lot of this stuff would not exist if the government wasn't putting these regulations into place that made it impossible for anybody to turn a profit mining. You could even I, I don't even care if it's a co-op mine owned by the miners. That's fine. A minor co-op can't run one of these things at a profit, yeah. and uh, and it's because the government comes in and says what risk you're allowed to take. They say what you're allowed to be paid, and and that's it. Whereas in China, their government says, "You, you, you, you're doing this for free until you die, and then we're going to go sell it to Jacob, who you know wants to make his teeth white or whatever fluoride does." So, uh, and, and I think I think a, yeah, <laughs> important thing to add to this is that because any any home grown industrial product that can't or like mining operation that can't be profitable when you add on to the fact that they need to ship this shit six seven whatever thousand miles it is uh from china to get here 
that's that's a sign that you have a very deep problem. And and in my view, the, the reason that we've lost so much of our industry is because we have such a large central government and you have so few, it's basically uh, an oligopolist fascistic model where you have sure. a, hand, a handful of big, big companies that control our politicians and they, yes. they give them beneficial mm-hmm. trade deals and they give them beneficial tax structures, whereas small business is fucked. And, and until you alleviate that, Basically, the way I view nationalist policies of, of having tariffs and things of that nature is just putting Band-Aids on bullet wounds. It is mm-hmm. not addressing the root of the issue. I am interested in addressing the root of the issue and alleviating it from its source as opposed to just going, oh, we'll, th- we'll throw taxes on this because we fucked up everything else. I just think it's a huge mistake and it only worsens the situation. Well, also, also um, go ahead. Oh, and, 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 after, and after Gio, I want to go to uh, uh, Jack Bennett. So, uh, Gio, go for it. Well, there was this article I was reading today um, from someone who is, uh, I forget her name, but she's going to be on Alex Kishuda's podcast. She wrote this article in The Bellows, which I think The Bellows is like a uh, quasi-Marxist or like post-left publication, but they have really good quality articles. This article broke down the data about how this whole... um, lockdown situation with the uh the uh chinese imported delicacy has become one of the greatest uh corporate transfers of wealth from the hands of middle to working class people into mega corporations like amazon and uh how it's basically like a a tag team of government and corporate power siphoning off pretty much all the resources from every retail industry you can imagine uh on the lower scale because of course the that's the perfect storm of not being able to compete and also being punished with uh, selective enforcement like for example in california but i but sorry i was just being distracted before by this uh, fire tweet by bennett um about the these people and uh, uh bennett did you know that now they're claiming uh, you know these tweets that get 200,000 likes that blow up about how the Bible was mistranslated. And uh, apparently they're claiming now that the Bible never claimed that uh, Jesus, uh, sorry, that the Virgin Mary was uh, originally was a virgin. So they're saying that uh, virginity wasn't mentioned in the <laughs> I don't know. I guess oh, it's all she was a, cause she was a, Twitter. And, uh, it just meant damsel or whatever. Yeah, that's what yeah, they say. I've yeah, heard that bullshit, one. right? Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> but see but thirteen thousand people just believed it because uh st- you know k-pop and black twitter and, and woke twitter they believe it so i guess they believe it now that really was oppressive uh standard superiority on women the it was the, the patriarchy the, the patriarchy the distinction yeah yeah the uh the whore um what's it called madonna whore complex madonna whore complex yeah. exactly that's uh oh but they believe in uh, sorry this is getting off way off topic i just had now, to come on, now okay before <laughs> before we get uh before we get back on topic and go to uh, jack bennett i have a little proposition to offer i want to make an animated series called new kid on the block where walter block oh, is like mm-hmm. a <laughs> he's like a giant like a nephilim <laughs> and he's lying on the ground oh, what <laughs> <laughs> let me finish let let me finish oh, and he's asleep dude. he's asleep the giant sleeps so then we have Tom someone Woods like is a someone like well, well hold on a second so we have a we have someone like a hero alchemy like this anime girl who oh, goes on top yeah. of his chest and wakes him up 
and asks oh, him questions about the economy. And so Walter Block, this giant Walter Block, wakes up and says, like, who dares disturb my slumber? Well, and here's... Then, here's <laughs> I, I, I love this like idea, but you gotta remember. Person, uh, uh, getting a busy person something to, uh, asking them a question so that they know how to fix it the fastest, <laughs> best way, just so we can go back to sleep. <laughs> I think it's a, this is a great this is a great idea, but you've got it. You can't have like Walter Block being like, "Who disturbs?" Yeah. Gotta be, be like, "Oh he, man, because he's got he's, me up again." Oh, well, he, what do you he, people he, want? I, I think like Walter Block. Walter Block's voice to me sounds like Piglet if he was raised <laughs> up. In well, what do you people want? Yeah, who would be the villain? Like though? I solve your problems today. Who would be the antagonist? The uh, this is this is what Walter Block looks like. So I thought, like, I, I I don't remember how he sounds. So I thought he'd have more of like a like no, the, he's, 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 friendly he's very, giant. Uh, very soft. <laughs> would like Paul Krugman be the antagonist? <laughs> Let's see who would be the yeah. antagonist. The antagonist would be, like would have to be somebody Rose. who always wakes him up. It'd be a man with a stick that always pokes him just to wake him up. <laughs> the landowner. There you go. Like this damn giant always sleeping on the property. Out of his giants, you sleep on someone else's land. Hold on, hold on. And then, out of his, hold on. Then out of his nipples would like his nipples would start. Okay, next topic. And then there would be helicopter blades, and he would fly up, and he would like use his arms as wings, and he would fly to different parts of the world and talk about their economy and talk about like you know this is how this happened and be like Wiley Coyote. Where the landowner always has to have contraptions and does he, does, he, uh, does he pick up communists in different countries and like uh, go really like, Yes, he he picks them up and yeah, then he just throw, throws them up. up to ask him. Uh, hey man, I, I'm always hungry. What's going on here? And then he picks. Like, be one episode where like Bernie is like the uh, stand-in villain. He's like the boss fight. Well, he, he's going to pick up Karl Marx and Bernie, and he's going to throw them on these X targets on the ground while he's up in the air, and then he'll say, X marks the spot. You know, you know uh, Walter Block and Bernie Sanders went to high school together? And no they fucking were, way, really? Yeah, yeah and they were on the, they were on the wow. same track team. They were on the same wow. track team. Yeah. And Walter oh, Block, Walter Block blew when... his doors off, and that's why he's a socialist. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah. He started studying who, economics. Who's their track coach, fighting. Methuselah? <laughs> I have, I, well, somebody, I have no idea. <laughs> somebody like that. Lev, Lev, I, I've got to teach them the ways. Lev, Lev I got to run in a couple minutes. Do you have anything oh, else uh, for me? Okay, so since I, you got to run, I want to make sure that Jack Bennett, if you have anything to ask Liberty before uh, before we go, because I think with Liberty going, we're going to be wrapping it up as well. Uh, go for it, my friend. Yeah. So I, uh, I mean, what, what I hear, what I hear from all this is the, the, the idea that, that it's all these regulations that are, that are making us not competitive. And I just don't, I, essentially I believe we already have anarchy or anarcho-capitalism at the international level. And it's a very competitive system. And, and that, that, that market, uh, if we let it, would totally equilibrate and standards of living would equilibrate and prices would equilibrate and and the idea that the idea that it's so expensive to ship things from china um that we must have something really wrong with our regulatory environment not to say that we don't have problems with our regulatory environment but that but that argument in particular it is so unbelievably cheap now due to containerization to get things i mean they can like to circumvent regulations they can send things 
to Venezuela to have them assembled because the training of the, the um the requirements are different and uh, you're, you're what i mean is one, you're only taking one aspect of the argument though it's not simply the the shipping costs it's also the regulatory system as well as the state the the size of our uh, our government and the taxation rates i mean that that is the main the main factor shipping is a minor factor but um go ahead and continue with your your question please okay fair well, i i just think that um the the what we would need to be truly competitive in a global market is not acceptable, I think, to anybody in this room. Mm-hmm. Like as far as standards of living and, and 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 workers' protections, and even environmental protections. I mean, like it's it's not as though they are all absurd, stupid rules. Uh, I mean, China. There are parts of China that are just like burning gasoline. As far as the eye could, like it's just it's just disgusting uh, places to be. There's a common misconception that anarcho-capitalism would have no agreements amongst communities. This is not the case. So I want to disabuse you guys of this notion that we would have, we would look like China where cities would be so, uh, you know, overly polluted that you couldn't breathe. I I, I just think it's, it's really not the case. People still value. Go ahead. Sorry, but wouldn't communities that agree to protect their environment be outcompeted by communities that didn't? But this goes back to the argument of sort of like an economic, like to value homo economicus above all else. It's sort of like a weird, like market fundamentalism that has to skirt a lot of, um, a lot of issues of like a, a, an alternative sort of virtue would be like mm. common good and so forth. And so that that's I think the core issue with, um, really I think the problem is that anarcho-capitalism, like libertarianism, like. It, it suffers from a lot of the same contradictions of liberalism itself, unless there was like a sort of like weird Hoppian, mold buggy and way of uh, almost like saving libertarianism from liberalism. I, I don't know. It's well, is there like a way? I don't know. Like li- well, liberty, is there a way of saving libertarianism from? I guess I, I, I'd like you... to hear his answer. Competing other oh. communities and how you get around that. Yeah, yeah. Well, go go for that, Liberty. Go for that. Uh, well, I, I mean, obviously, you are going to have certain communities that have less regulations where it becomes more profitable. Uh, they will have a competitive advantage in that regard. But I still think that ultimately it's it's better to have those options within a, a nation or in our instance, uh, you know, an undeclared landmass, since I wouldn't necessarily have a nation in this regard, um, than it is to have a, a blanket system that says you cannot do xyz in this entire landmass and therefore all of these products now come from china i i think that it's it's fascinating because usually the argument against anarcho-capitalism is is usually a description of the negatives of the existing system you know it's like pollution sucks pollution's still a problem you know like that just because i don't have all of the answers to it doesn't mean that there aren't better answers to the structure of what we're doing right now like yes you would potentially have increases in pollution uh, in in comparison to how California is now where it's so heavily regulated but you have offsetting uh you know price levels for for xyz goods you have increasing economic uh output and then you also have uh, the potential for additional capital to be deployed for alleviating those those negative externalities which would be pollution so it's it's very complicated i guess is what i'm saying yeah, I mean, and there's there's kind of two strains of ways to talk about libertarianism. One of which is uh, 
things should be less regulated than they currently are in the following specific ways, which I think that's a really compelling case to make. And then there's like the sort of first principles, philosophical libertarianism. Well, it's, I mean, I, I wouldn't even call it extremist necessarily, but it's like the, all of these problems are due to this something that has to be pulled out at the roots so deep that we'd have to overhaul the entire system and, and like, be that as it may, like, like I, I can, I can see where that's coming from, from a philosophical perspective, but I also think like we already had a completely unregulated anarchic system with respect to our environmental controls. And, and the, and the sort of market response to that was a bunch of people got into the electoral market and elected people who would make that stop. I don't believe in democracy. That, so no, that's not how it worked either. Is it used to be that oh, cool. through tort, through, through tort yeah, it used to be that through tort law, people who polluted would have tort brought against them. And then people got into government and stopped the ability for individuals to sue for pollution on their property. It used to be you know, the railroads, this this used to happen repeatedly with the railroads and they, you know, when trains used to go through like a open field or a farm or whatever, they would shoot sparks out and they would light, they regularly light people's farms yeah. on fire and stuff like that. And there used to be an ability for farmers to bring tort against the railroad until the railroads totally got together. The politicians. They, yeah, yep. basically yeah, by they the politicians and they said, and they said. Same thing with it, coal companies. Yeah. Okay, but, but isn't the ability potentially... I mean, how is the ability to buy a politician any different than the ability to buy a, you know, autonomous communes decision making or, or you see what I'm right. saying? Like, how is that different? How is that avoided? In I, well, for, first and I, foremost, because they have a monopoly on violence with the state, whereas you wouldn't have that in in our system. So so we could just go kill them. Well, yeah, We're if just someone, if, if, if you someone, need a well-regulated militia, no, you're, 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 is, uh, unironically, you're speaking my language. I'm, I'm okay. good with that. Well, I'm being, oh, yeah, I'm we being, got, we got Andrea honest. here. By the way, guys, we have Andrea. There's a history in America of that, yes, Andrea. There is a long and storied history of going and killing people who don't agree with you, yes. Yeah, that, that happens. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a matter oh, yeah. of disagreeing. Well, the government, I, I don't want to imply that. The government does it all the time. So we figured out that democracy hmm. doesn't exist, that... Uh, well, it exists, it just no, sucks. No. Before we... Here's, I, I wanted, none of us believe in it. <laughs> before Good. we go off onto all it's of this, I wanted to ask one more. Yeah, hero, 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 yeah. Go for it here. Just one one more thing, because I know you have to go. Uh, first thing is you you describe this relationship between the corporations and and the government as fascistic, and I take slight issue with that in the sense that I believe the at least intendedly uh, in in their intentions, I, I think uh, the fascist model is more about curtailing corporations to the desires of the state, other than the other way around. At least sure. as it, as its intentions. It's so true. I, take slight issue I, with I that. think that's a fair. Read the doctrine of fascism. But does it matter? <laughs> that's another yeah, you, discussion. That that's an, that's you another call, you discussion. You could call it corporatism if you'd prefer, but I, I think yeah, that it's cool. because I, I, I like yeah. to paint it in the most sinister light because I believe For it's sure. that sinister. I try and use that language, but uh, go go ahead if you have further questions. I, I, I really love this topic. Yeah, and then the, the, the follow-up to that would be um, in terms of uh, you know, there will be communities that, de that decide to protect their own, you know, to, to do these things. What is the incentive for in in your system? What is the incentive for communities to prioritize these things over the the um, over profit? Because well, so self interest. I mean, if you if you want to have a community that has you know the the most coal production, but then you can't breathe, 
you have to find some level of balance. I, I, I tend to believe that trusting the people within the community to make some sort of compact amongst each other as to what they want to exist within well, what's the difference makes a lot more sense than and, having a federal decision. Why? What's the difference? Because it's agreed to by the people. It's voluntary as opposed to Isn't that obligatory. what our system's supposed to be? But it isn't. I mean, and, and I'm not sure that it is supposed well, to so, be. So... So how do we, I mean, what, what's to stop one of those communities from using that money and that violence and that power to just be a state again? And then well, they come and kick your ass. I think they can choose <laughs> to do that, like, right? The answer is they can choose to do that. Right? Yeah, they can. Well, right, which And that's where we all started when we were cavemen and then somebody beat someone over the head with a rock and created a state. And well, that's, that's like, why, like, there's that's no why mechanism is... to, there's no mechanism right. to preserve this system. A yeah. society yeah. that lie agreed upon. There is. It's it's self-defense and militias. It was how you would defend yourself from from that kind of outcome. I mean, there there are examples of anarchic societies uh, throughout history that aren't all the way back to cavemen. We had, I think it was Iceland that had three hundred plus years of yeah, of anarchic society. Iceland was. Ireland was for almost five hundred years. Yeah. So, so I there, mean, there are the globe was human communities were not did not grow up with governments. Well, that, that now that's, we're here. That's very ancient. I'm I'm speaking more more recently. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's even it's recently, a, it, I think, I think the, the, the hand of government is so much heavier than it used to be. Well, I mean, I would I, agree with that. Yeah. I to, mean, to a certain extent, if I, I can just agree. inject and because I, I, I'm so sorry, I'm so late. I had a bunch of interviews and I have another thing coming up, but I think uh, like my, it, for what it's worth, my view is that you guys are having a quaint argument. Um, that is completely outmoded. Both sides are completely utopian, and, uh, well, and getting. Yeah, I, I think both both sides, both of you, are standing there as if you were over a risk board, moving things around. And the truth is, that is not the way human communities evolve. And not only that, I, I mean, I'm a strict Deutschian, like I'm hardcore Popperian Deutschian, right? So it doesn't really fucking matter what any of us wants as the grand scheme. Right. It, what matters is the problem we solve today that creates what problems tomorrow. And uh, uh, barring, you know, I don't know, nuclear war where you get to stand above the risk board. Human communities do not evolve that way. Even, you know, I mean, look at any revolution and they don't they do not evolve the way that the, that the person over the risk board mm -hmm. thinks they're going to. Well, but and, I'm not I'm not and trying that, to like, organize I, I know, society. But, yes, you are. You're no, trying I'm to deorganize it, which is well, doing the same no, thing. There could I, be small, there could be small steps that people do when they see a bigger picture. For example, let's say you're playing a video game, right? An RPG, and you're a little Pokemon character standing in the middle of a town. You have a choice. Do I go up to the northern like pole uh, where the penguins are? Do I go into the volcano level? Do I go to the desert? I can go to a lot of places, and that's going to dramatically affect my outcome. You could say those are kind of like getting closer to some ideal society, which you're absolutely right, Andrew. We're not going to have one, but you, at least we're going to have certain things. You where, yeah. yes. find all the chaos emeralds? You're yes, exactly. About, exactly. But, right no, no, but the point is that when you move, you still have to decide, do I go, do I press the up arrow? Do I press the left arrow, right arrow, or down arrow? Like little steps you decide yep. to do. So based on what we talk about right now, I personally think people can and then go out who listen to this, who participate in this, and just make their own choices on who they support. Uh, and those may be very small steps, but at least they would be steps that would be oriented towards whatever situation they would like to see. So it's I not going to be like, oh, exactly, and often. That is Left exactly the problem that we have now, 
is judging every uh, solution by the utopian ideal uh, that it could step us towards. When the future is unknowable, the current uh, present is radically, so fucking radically different from what we have had. I mean, mm. Frank, for, for example, you cannot have strict, you cannot have a nationalist system when you have this kind of global communications. You also can't have markets without regulation. The, these, these, the, the, the things that the, the things you're laying down are utopian in their classical ideal and, and judging every solution by whether or not it gets us a step towards some utopian ideal is to miss the ideation that we need to solve the problems of today. We just got to so kill a couple hundred more kulaks, of this, and then, then we'll get I, to the communist I, like, I, I got to hop people. off, guys, but this has been a great right. conversation. Jake, but, thank you so much for coming man. in. And Liberty, I know you got to go too, man. And yeah, I really appreciate you, fellas. Good talking yeah, to you. Was, I really appreciate both of you coming in. I just I mean, want to say I just want to say thank you, Andrea, for for coming in very very late and That's then so and message attributing every single argument that I had. That was a blast. No, <laughs> I'm no, sorry. No, we gotta no, no, we gotta, I, we gotta have you guys on uh, again. Uh, I will, at the I same will time. take that. Listen, man, I will go back and listen to the whole thing, and I will write <laughs> you like in public and, and uh, apologize for what I think I need to apologize for. <laughs> I have a feeling you're not going to see anything that you think you should apologize for. But anyways, we'll it was a blast. <laughs> guys uh follow me on uh at liberty lockpot on twitter liberty lockdown podcast youtube everywhere else thank you guys later man later and thank here you. is the uh, here is the shilling for liberty lockdown and the btr chat here is his twitter and i'm gonna post jake's twitter as well guys please follow them they are amazing people and i'm so grateful for them to come on but andrew you do bring up an interesting point but then the question is what uh, could we what do we do then you know like it's, it's, what yeah, is left pretty, for us to do you know it's pretty unfair of me to come in and throw a that kind of bomb. Uh, no, no, but just in general, like, 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 what do we do? Yes, yeah, that's, that is the question. Like, what yes. we do is, 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 uh, have a unencumbered, rational view of the problems that are in front of us and ideate on solutions for them without, without the burden of some, whether it's God or the environment or uh, some kind of neoliberalism or libertarian, whatever you want, to, without some golden view of what humanity should be in our mind, guide, guiding the steps and the solutions that we take. Well, Remus no, says, totally wrong. Oh, the age Remus... of reason and, bu and the bug man is, and the expert is <laughs> over. The age of the mystic has just begun. Yeah, let's be mystic. And pragmatism, pragmatism is as much a god as anything else. Magic with a K, uh, son. Yeah, no, hold on. Let's actually break this down because I'm curious. So, Jack, can you elaborate on pragmatism being uh, just a uh, just as a god? Go for it. Well, well, everything that every so we used to have religions, right? And and these were systems, models of belief, and ways that we viewed the world. And then we all fought and killed over them. And then it was like, well, we can't, we can't have these religions anymore. So we're going to, uh, or we, not we can't have them. We can't fight over them anymore. So instead, we're going to have uh, rationality and yeah. reason and, and science. And, and what that amounts to is basically a mind virus shaving off the receptors that we use to kill it yes and, and so and so science and reason and rationality and pragmatism and neoliberalism and capitalism and marxism all of these things are what we used to call religions they're we utopian. just don't have the same 
we don't well, have the after same Ru humility about them. Yeah, yeah after that Ruby is come from that, the same process of disenchantment. That is what <laughs> Karl Popper and David Deutsch require: is a kind of radical humility. No answer that we get to, no solution, is you know this sort of golden pragmatism either. They will create their own fucking problems tomorrow too. They are I, all they are is the next, uh, the next best thing, and they are never the good hmm. or right thing. I may be jumping You're a gun a bit here. Oh, go ahead. You well, have I to have a definition of better. Well, I, I just you want to quickly say defines what's good. I just want to quickly yeah. say that uh, when it comes to people who would, let's say, claim to be, no, I wouldn't even say they claim to be paparians, but they would claim to be rational adults, you know, uh, the I love science people, it almost seems like they miss that uh, mark that, Andrea, you were pointing out, and yes. that humility is something, it takes a lot for a person to do that, and yes. unfortunately, well, I think most people are just going to go down the route of soy boying it up instead of yeah. actually. Yeah, I think we have to look the at the percentage of rationalists that came from uh, like less wrong big yud culture to see the percentage of them that have OnlyFans now. That's really good indication. <laughs> I think I mean, this is not. I am not talking about rationalism. I'm talking very specifically about critical rationalism, which is Popperianism. Mm. And the uh, hero, you were you were going to say something before. Yeah, you're essentially describing what would amount to like an eternal uh, iteration on the current systems that we have. If you have no like bigger view for for the future, if you have no goals like to orient yourself towards, you're, you're essentially just making like micro steps towards I don't know something, some some small thing. There's no hope of of fixing the system. That we have. You are you are right in that I am saying I am bringing up not a philosophy but a process. Process towards but, what, though? What's yeah. the point? What's the goal? Yeah, but Andrew, with your experience in the Washington Also, sorry, I don't, I don't mean to rag on you too uh, much. I got to give you props for, uh, for, the, hey, for liking the Prob Ross tweet. Hey, don't, 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 don't hold me, hold back the, you know, Andrew, the, what is it, the uh, important soft bigotry of low expectations. Come on, man. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> I have to ask you an important question. Yes, sir. Are you single? No, I'm kidding. But with your experience, love is in the air. I'm in the market for a mommy GF. So you are definitely kawaii, my friends. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but Andrew, with your experience in the washing in the heart of the Washington machine, would you not say that the ideals of like this impersonal technocracy has sort of led to very like horrific externalities by politicians who are basically out for a sort of weird self-aggrandizement that is not just enriching themselves personally but also the health and the survival of the system at the behest of like the american people in general and you could say that maybe perhaps a lot of the ideals were sacrificed along the way in order to fulfill <laughs> this impersonal vision of like total like utilitarian technical control I, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I think you're being too nice. No, uh, I think the, I think our political. Well, he's Canadian, humans, but let's face it. No, I, I think there are. I, I think basically the. I, I, I've gone through many iterations. Okay, this is this is something I've, you know, thought about for a couple decades, and and I've come to the point where I think the parties themselves, uh, both of them, neither is worse or better than the other. They are nefarious, uh, terrible, tyrannical forces of, uh, of evil. <laughs> I think we will always have 
uh, specifically in American democracy, we will always have a two-party system. I think these two parties, anything that puts pressure on them is good. I think I think they are outlet. We are oversorted uh, to the point where we do not uh, we do not ask of our people to think about ideas or issues anymore. We only ask them to identify and brand, and uh, and that that is that is a, a an illness, a terrible virus. I remember um, you I said we, you said this on your Russia Today interview with uh, what's mm-hmm. your name, Habi Martin. Uh, that was pretty good. But I, I say this because like, wow, think, I was. Yeah, that was. That sorry. Was like, go ahead. No, I was a, no, lot, no, you I was a lot bigger than, you know, I was literally. Yeah, but no, but, but you I looked, was like, <laughs> but you wore it well. You could you could go back to <laughs> a few more pounds, in my opinion. Um, oh, you're cute. <laughs> I'll, I'll drop off and uh, I'll drop off and let you guys talk. How about yeah, that? No, but wait, 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 before that. Before, before, well, well, Benedict is a happily married man. So, um, yeah, you uh, hear the kids running in the background. Yeah, you actually do hear his kids running around in the background. Yeah. Well, but oh, the reason bad. I wanted to mention this no names, no, um, was because I feel like um, about challenging power. Um, now this is imperfect because a lot of benedict's tribe does work for the security state unfortunately but um i feel like if you look at the example of the mormon systems in utah and in certain parts of arizona you have basically the formula for like um a political project that can span between like literal and caps and like you know um commune like i don't know noam chomsky socialist uh, libertarians in that they have an wow. autonomous system or a quasi autonomous system that is held together by um, very strong foundational roots within a mm-hmm. collective culture and religion that has the ability even to challenge the state government in those regions. So I wonder like, you know, I forget who, yeah, it's hard I to get elected if you aren't a Mormon in Utah. Exactly. Yeah. And they have their own like system. I remember Joel Skousen was talking about this because he has and Mormons this, are lovely people. Almost, mm. almost to a person. Yeah, but he was talking about because he is a um, he he works for governments and uh, corporations about like you know uh, survival, like a uh, you know the pre- pre- prepping stuff, and he uh, you know his his brother was the famous Cleon Skousen who wrote um, the book um, the Naked, Naked Communist. Communist. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he talked about how the Mormons they have the system where if the government collapsed for whatever reason, basically the elders of the Mormon church could basically take over government in Utah. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is, but basically um, if you are interested in like any type of prepping or survival situation, uh, you know, find a very lovely Mormon uh, wife or wives and uh, (laughs) convert to Mormonism. But um, it's true that in a sense, the only reason that these communities can do that is because they have a, a strong collective sense of identity and purpose and religion. So I forget who said, that. I think it was trash world citizen, AGD Henry on Twitter, uh, RIP, his account uh, said that the only people that are going to survive the apocalypse uh, will the collapse of civilization will be strong communities. It will be like Mormons, the Amish, and Mennonite. MS-13. Mennonites and MS-13 members. <laughs> That's it. Everyone in the cities are going to get fucked. So Yeah, um, I don't think the Amish yeah. and, the, and the Mennonites will make it. But oh, uh, I wonder. I wonder I think, if the but, Amish but, secretly armed to the teeth 
just waiting, <laughs> just waiting. Yeah, it, for the problem to is their arms are from 1850. <laughs> um, the the thing the thing is, I think Mormons and and, and hey, several other kinds of what if they ended up using chemical weapons because they didn't recognize uh, the laws of modern day? I think they discovered. <laughs> The American government doesn't recognize chemical weapon laws. I think yeah, those exactly. cultures have do, have re have not lost touch with with the very basis of uh, human human nature in in a way in and and uh, built a society that is parallel to government outside of government and it and it correctly challenges government for personal identity. I think the thing you know. Mormons have that I know people in LDS uh, church are um, very serious about community and they make it at the center rather than politics. Um, and I think that that is a very, very smart thing. I think one of the things that American culture has done by so overemphasizing sort of party identification, for example, is to strip us of human connection in a way. And I, and I actually, this is where I come back to kind of an optimistic view and, and this, you know, again, this this kind of show, I think we're we're learning to reestablish smaller communities of communication and ideation um, that that lead to the kind lead us back towards connection and and community in a way that I think Mormons and some other uh, communities have not have not lost as much. So I think I mean, I, I think what the church uh, in, in terms of its people is sort of waking up to um it like i i agree with you and i think most of our people uh at least on twitter <laughs> would agree would, would wait agree if, if, if it's not clear by the way that he's a mormon just so you know andrea just right. so I, I yeah. yeah when he says yes. our people <laughs> yeah yeah not not you people our people but i do um, have a funny mormon story before <laughs> i i have another thing that starts in four minutes but go ahead you finish and i want to tell you one funny mormon story well so we <laughs> The, the the realization is because we are generally a pretty apolitical people and and not particularly yeah. interested in all that but i think what has happened is at least some of us have sort of come to the conclusion that well these both of these groups are bad but one of them really wants us dead and our kids raped and brainwashed and so and like, the raped brainwashed Broke dead, and they'll laugh at you while they'll do it. And they think it's funny. And they think it's funny. It's funny. They remiss. My brother. Yes, uh, I'm here to to defend the utopians. It's correct (laughs) to do good, make a perfect world. Sorry. By the way, Andrea, that was from a Sam Hyatt. Three fifths of the Mormonville here today. Now I do know that Andrea has to has to go soon. So before Andrea, you tell your Mormon story. I wonder if uh, Remus, can you quickly uh, defend and uh, uh, take your uh, scabbard out? Hit me, baby. Hit me. uh, I will. I will. Um, uh, Tell your story first, though. Tell your okay. Okay. I'm I'm excited for that, actually. Okay. 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 Uh, I, I like I said, I, I have a huge respect for people who are in the LDS church, especially lots in Washington, because they're like the sanest people in Washington. But I once sat at a dinner next to uh, Orrin Hatch, uh, the senator, oh, no. Mormon. Um, yeah. And we so and we ended up talking, talking, talking. He spent the entire I swear he spent like 45 minutes trying to convince me that I should be a Mormon because wouldn't it be great if I could join my family in the afterlife? As if okay. the belief came after like the noticing of the benefits of the belief. It was the strangest, 
like logical circle I had ever been in in my life. And I just I thought it was a good thing to bring up with you guys because you do eventually hit the questions of like, okay, so what are the beliefs that have caused this amazing, beautiful community? And and how do I get on board without having to believe that I can marry people in the afterlife? Right. That's the thing is, is, you know, you, you look at guys who build their entire lives around and 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 women too but i think women are more uh, sort of naturally inclined to do this anyway but family generation is not something that is nakedly incentivized by the market and it's not so and, and, true. And, and, it's disincentivized yep. oh i mean it's so it, yeah right. that was i was being uh gentle it's radically disincentivized yep. by market forces and and so and and it's and it is in fact a difficult thing to do that that uh makes oh, God, you yes. that makes you poorer and gives you less free time um and i you know obviously it takes away it, from your productivity yes it does and, 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 and if you're fucking and it doesn't make yeah and it doesn't make uh it doesn't make strictly utilitarian sense to do it as an individual it makes a ton of sense to live in a community where everybody else is doing it mm-hmm. um but but to to maximize your potential well to keep people from defecting uh they have to actually believe like it, it's you can't yeah. fake it because it, mm-hmm. it's expen- it's unbelievably expensive i spend 10 percent of my money i give it to the church directly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got X number of kids. It's a shitload of kids and they're expensive. And uh, this life does make me happy, makes me really happy, but I would not do it just for the bennies. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. I think I would make a distinction between happy and fulfilled personally. Um, because being a mother is very, very fulfilling, but does not always make me as happy as I might be if I were just waking up and deciding what to do that. Fair day. enough. That's a better word. Happiness <clears throat> across all dimensions in the long term. But yeah. then happiness yeah. itself, like, has been um, a, like a term that's been abused over time. To happiness is yes. such a terrible metric to measure any of this well, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. That's a weak definition um, of you. This has become uh, a, just the amount of serotonin you can hack into your into yeah, your brain. It's totally yeah, it's wire head. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Greek eudaimonia. Yeah, think yeah, about yeah, uh, like Diablo or the Borderlands, those looty games, like you know those type of things. Like those prey upon people. Uh, uh, yep. Like those aren't actual real happiness. You know, social mm-hmm. media does the same thing. Like, oh, I got a like on this. Oh, I'm advertising. I yeah, History yeah. Toys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is this is something that makes me extremely happy. I combined uh, Peter Thiel and John Goodman together into oh Thiel's Goodman. That nose, his nose <laughs> has been deflated. Oh, <laughs> calling John Thiel. Okay, 
I really have to go. All I have right. this next thing. But Remus sounds like Kylo Ren. That's the last thing I wanted to say. Oh, excellent. Hey. Oh, well, I, I really would love to have another show where we're going to ha- oh, be together for uh, uh, for another round of this and talk because I know yeah. Remus got a lot of things on his mind to say. Andrea, thank you so much once again for coming in. I really it's my it. pleasure. And listen, seriously, like you. I, you know, I would I would really love to do like a whole show where I'm not missing half to see what people are saying and so on. And yeah, uh, we'll there, do it. Check out um, there. You might want to do a show about this. There was an article recently. I can't remember who wrote it about uh, promoting the idea of a what was it uh, a, a billion person citizenry in the United oh, States. Mr. Oh God, Matty Iglesias! Matty Iglesias. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would just love to oh, debate boy. that sometimes. One billion. You okay. guys like go uh, after that? Or, I, you Andrea, know, back I, when I used to write. I used to write for this magazine called Thermidor Magazine, uh-huh. and uh, we had a article in it by the guy who ran it. Uh, it was called Iglesias, Matthew Iglesias, American Psycho, and uh, <laughs> I have to dig it up. I should republish that, but you can find it on Wayback Machine. I think it's worth looking at some of the arguments, though. I mean, even though he's just made it, you know? I think it's yeah. worth it. It's worth talking about. Anyway, Absolutely. it's so great to see you guys. I apologize again. I am going to go and correct my failure. To Andrea, we will see you soon. Thank you so much for coming on. So uh, so now I want to redirect again because people are telling me that I should make an NFT. <laughs> feels, yes. Feels Goodman. And in the making NFT. I've managed to avoid this whole <laughs> NFT discussion so far, and I want to keep it that way. I don't well, care. We what, actually, what, whatever it is, I don't have, care. You know, Lev, we could bring on my good friend Lapis Lima and a few others, uh, mm-hmm. Adam Laren, and have a stream on NFTs, and we should get... We'll do one, uh, actually, yeah. next week. So here's what's happening. We are oh, doing an NFT stream next week. So here's what's happening for Tuesday. For the first time ever in BTR history, we are going to have two streams on the same day. Because oh, the God. first stream... <laughs> oh, God, is right. Because the first stream that we're going to have will be with the great Sean Lang, who is an absolute gentleman, and he is from England, so his time is earlier. This is 3 p.m. After that, I think somewhere around 6 p.m. or so, we will have the NFT stream. And we already have a couple of people who are uh, lined up for that. Let me tell you who they are right now. One of these does not have a name. It is purely like these symbols. Or actually, well, no, he does have a name. Uh, it's uh, Shlomo.eth Crypto Dadaist. I think you may know who I'm talking about here. Let me pull him up right now uh, in the chat so you guys see his. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, all the X's over here. So he is interested in coming on. Verse Laloon is definitely interested in coming on as well. So we should. uh, Today wasn't it? I know. Yeah, shit happens. I I know what to tell you. But yeah, Uh, Lapis Lima. She talks about how NFTs are going to restore the aura back in our. And I I totally disagree with her. Even though she's a good friend of mine. Restore an aura. Well, the the Walter Benjamin like the the. The aura around the work of art being like an original creation. Ah, uh, okay. So you, well, look, uh, look, 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 guys, like, guys, 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 guys. I am not going like to argue cards, with. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with her in the least because a very interesting happened. A, th- a very interesting happened. Very interesting thing happened to me today that some of you may be aware of. Mm. I woke up today and I saw that somebody paid two thousand two hundred and four dollars for one of my animated GIF Lev cards. Called hey, Schmitzy. Oh, so I'm going to link to it right now. Let's see over here. Lev. 
Yeah, there we go. And this and is something This is something that I just did a year ago and forgot about it. Let me see if I can uh, click on it here. Are you sure to, uh, you're, you're allowed to show this? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course cards. you can show. Of course you can go show. Ahead, go ahead, you know, uh, Charles. Some of the artwork on those old trading cards, like you think uh, early 90s, like your, your Fleers and uh, uh, that sort of stuff, they were fantastic. Like you know, the old mm. X-Men cards and Spider-Mans, all that stuff. Uh, they would create custom artwork just for the card. Uh, even Let's like Mobius it. and guys like that would have their own card sets that were all yeah, like that's the right. crazy. Oh, here, I'm actually going to put it into the chat. Uh, uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter over here, but I did want to redirect the attention to the price here. So the list price now is 9.7 Ether. So somebody wants to sell this for a higher amount of money. And the good thing about Super Rare is that I also get a cut of whatever, uh, you know, whatever the next sale is. So this Excellent. one was... Yeah, so this is the first step right now. Other people have also bought Lev Cards in the past, but I want to redirect you guys to levcards.com just so you bookmark it, because this is the place where I'm going to have a lot more of my cards being displayed. Let me actually go here right now to showcase some of them. Wait, Lev, there we go. It's working. Here we go. Okay, so you could see some examples over here. You have Electric Elf over here above, but you can't really see him. You have some other cards over here. So this gives you an idea of the kind of... Here, let me do a full, fuller screen. This gives you an idea of the kind of cards that I uh, create and that I want to keep creating because I think I have a lot of Pokemon that live inside of my head and I want to extract the Pokemon out for all the world to see. And these guys I did back in 2018. So there's a lot more sketches that I have which I have not uh, turned into cards yet, but I think that having a $2,200 sale today has more than encouraged me to actually try and, uh, you know, take some of these sketches out, work on them, maybe do some live streams while I'm drawing them. So I think this could be a great next step and uh, see what happens. But I don't know, what do you guys think? Do you see potential in this uh, as a whole? Do you think it'll be like individual creators getting supported by some uh, patrons? Uh, what, what do you guys think? It's gonna. It's digital trading cards. Like it's gonna be a huge thing. Like once once Magic the Gathering figures out that they can sell cards at this kind of scale digitally, because I want to say the NBA already got in on some of this, didn't they? Aren't there NBA cards that are uh, NFTs? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. I, I feel like maybe it was NFL. I, I could have swore it was in NBA stuff though. But like sports trading cards are a whole other ball game. Here you can see the animation yeah, am, of Schmitzy flying around. Schmitzy is uh, uh, very hypnotic. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a fucking gin, dude. Uh, thank you, man. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So it's, it, actually oh, looks, man. it actually looks even better, not in the chat, but like in, the, in, in public. Yeah, I feel like, uh, like Hypnotoad's got a hold of me. Yeah. You're Solomon. Yes. Yeah, I am. I just I'm can't the, stop staring at it. Yeah, I'm the original. I'm the original Pokemon master, Solomon. Exactly. It's yeah, like when exactly. uh, uh, Frank saw the painting on Always Sunny. He just couldn't look away. He saw well, pure art. Do you guys remember Electric Elf? I'm not sure if you're familiar with that one, but uh, here it is. Let's see. Is this good quality? Eh, this is okay quality of it, although it's probably, again, with the... Uh, yeah, it, it's not going to function as quickly on the Discord chat, but here, I'm just going to spotlight it over here hey, so you guys can see good. the details. Oh. So... So there's a lot of stuff going on here. You have this moon, yeah, buddy. this helicopter moon that's going up and down. Uh, you have these various lollipop creatures <laughs> as as pi like pigs and cats, and you have these crocodilian legs that move up and down. Yeah, they have like this rubbery texture. Oh, he's over got there. a tongue that's a dick. 
he does have a tongue that's a dick that's absolutely that's absolutely right oh, wow. so yeah so guys I never noticed that. here oh yeah. here we go now it's now it's full full speed yeah. so you that could see great you could see all the wow. action over here unfortunately like a jack-in-the-box but uh with a tongue for dick Whack-a-mole. yeah Unfortunately, somebody already bought this thing, so uh, but you can still buy it from whoever bought it for a larger I'll amount of money. It. And I'm, <laughs> yeah, rent it, rent it for uh, for a good time. Too bad yeah. I wasn't learning digital art this whole time. Holy and you see over here, there's a little there's a little tumor on it over here with the tongue sticking out, and there's also uh, two birds oh, that yeah. are clapping their hands in unison uh, as this uh, neck goes. So again, this is the kind of stuff that comes out of my head, and that I, for the long time I have not been able to do it because of working on btr but i have scheduled events all the way till july this whole Ooh. week i was scheduling to july and i want to announce some of like, the great uh, of- vince mcmahon scheduling out the next year <laughs> after <laughs> a wrestlemania by the swimming pool exactly yeah. so here are the next events jim that we Cornette have was there when jim when uh, vince mcmahon wanted to give uh, paul Heyman money and the pool says, like, give Paul Heyman some money because we're taking their talent from him. So, <laughs> we're going to buy him out, pal. Oh, apparently this rest, this year's WrestleMania is uh, going to have people now. Oh, that's thankfully. my understanding. So, 25,000 so people. I don't they're know. Just a whole, they're a whole year behind New Japan, by the way, in terms of audience. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very curious uh, where <laughs> wrestling goes in the next... Uh, yeah. Well, so hey, Edge and, Edge and Roman Reigns are the fucking main event, so that's going to be mm-hmm. decent. And look, people people are saying that the geo, the transition to digital art, isn't as daunting as you think. Absolutely. Ah, so I would recommend getting getting yeah, it. Geo, can, geo, I yeah. bet you'd be really good at it. You should give it you a should, shot. I think you probably would be surprised. And started playing. Just play yeah. around with it. Just touch it. I've made some decent posters. You've seen my work. You can do way yeah. better than me. Like you already understand how the the layering of colors and all that sort of stuff, how that works. It's the same sort yeah, of thing digitally. True. I have friends that do it, that do both, but I don't know. I, I'm too much of a luddy. No, tr- please, oh, please try it out. If, there, if, there is a way to get, if there's a way to get traditional art, but see, here's the thing. If I were to... <laughs> <laughs> traditional mediums. If there was a way to get, like, physical um, artwork as an NFT, it's like, why don't you just buy the artwork instead of the NFT? I, I don't know. It's just, crazy. hey, just make a painting. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could probably just scan the painting and no, then just like. No, that's what I mean. But why not just buy the painting? Exactly. Might, well, maybe I you can do. It's very strange. Maybe you can do both. I don't know. This uh, it's is some like weird ser- with the NFT shit. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like derivatives but instead of debt. You're buying artwork, but like you're trading on artwork instead of debt. It's like yeah. uh, a default swap. Like well, we are we are gonna have we are gonna have a panel on the NFTs, and that is gonna be for Tuesday after. So, uh, I'm gonna that, reach uh, out to Lamp Lima. She has please, to be on this panel. Please, and that would be from six o'clock. And by the way, I did not plug Super Rare, so this is where you go: superrare.co/slash/lefpoliakov. This is the link. Go buy my fucking art. Okay, buy it, and also you can go to Known Origin. That's another site that I have, and the difference between the two is that Known Origin, you can have several editions of your work, not just uh, one. Super Air, you can only have one edition. Known Origin, you can have multiple. Here is an old photo of me doing the ISIS, uh, you know, f- finger up in the air. Uh, I'll <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, which is pretty funny considering the gin comment that was uh, that you made earlier. But yep. uh, but but anyway, uh, go the there. The NFT stream is on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, six okay. o'clock. So go to these links, buy my fucking art, invest in Lev, invest in Lev, invest, invest in Lev, in Lev, invest in Lev. 
Hold. Invest and laugh. Hold yes. and smoke, smoke. You smoking yet? <laughs> So, ne so next next we are gonna have a stream uh with grit cult thursday march 25 we are gonna Ooh. have a warhammer stream tuesday march 30th and remus Ooh. thank you so much nice. you are gonna be there remus My thank dude. you so much for the contacts and anybody else here like charles you seem pretty excited do you, yeah, you want to yeah, come I'm to a, the uh, we need orc brand on I'm for that a one table yeah. guy for sure like uh, more like of a dungeons and dragons guy cool. but uh but i can hang with some warhammer is it oh yeah what are you guys up to? Uh, well, well, I think I think it would be interesting to just sort of discuss the uh, one sort of. Uh, it, it's a good it's a good segue into sort of the the the, the forbidden. Um, like, there's nerd subcultures that that took a really long time to sort of get penetrated by all this bullshit, right? And yeah, thousand is one of them. And I think it's interesting to sort of talk about how the slow creep makes its way in and how it's affecting i, I even just don't see those guys accepting the, the all the crap that they're not they're the not going to take it lying the company, down the company will but the fans won't that's the that's Save the, for the stream and we're also so, going to be joined uh, by mk ultra money hey. of course of the great mk ultra hey. money podcast and noah hugbox is returning for that oh. one as well so i look forward to seeing noah and uh we are going to have apparently a... noah's a gr no he's not that was all bullshit yeah. accuse him of being a fucking uh. groomer noah hugbox is a good friend of ours and yeah, uh, he was just making a joke, and that was all bullshit. Yes. So, so entertainment stream coming up Thursday, April one. That one's gonna be with Chris Gore, Chris Gore of a of a film threat. Uh, Catherine Brodsky joining us. My nice. good friend, uh, old friend Patrick Smith, who is part of the uh, Academy of Motion uh, Pictures now. Uh, well, has been for several years. He Are we did about uh, films with that one. Yeah, we're talking about films. And oh, uh, nice. Patrick Fat Patrick is a great filmmaker, and uh, he is, is well, was and is part of the New York independent animation scene that I kind of grew, grew up in with Bill Plimpton and uh, other people like that. And uh, his films, like one of, one of these, has like millions of views on YouTube right now. It's, uh, let's see, Poor 585. I don't know if you guys saw that film, the one with the... Uh, glasses uh full of uh full of a uh, red liquid do you guys know the one i'm talking about oh, i the, think i've th this is the one oh yeah oh, i know this one yeah 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 so he created 71 it. million views i know yeah, nice. holy fuck Crap. right nice so, yeah so so pat is coming over for the entertainment stream he's gonna be talking about films with us goes from indoctrinated in the this animation Yes. And uh, then Tuesday, April 6th, real Xi Jinping is coming in 3 p.m. Oh! Man, you're getting you're getting nice. some really good folks on here. This is then, cool. yeah. then Thursday, April 8th. I'm not done yet. Thursday, April April 8th, Alex Kashuda coming oh! in pretty good early. Pretty you early. Prepare yourselves um, for more geo sweat. And that's gonna be that. That's gonna be. I won't show up to that one. She's got a crush on me. I want to give Gio his chance. And that's gonna be pretty early. That's gonna be. Announce. I'm not gonna dox her until later because we may be working. Not well. We may be doing something in the future. But because of Alice Kashuda's stream, I did. I was one of her first guests on her subversive podcast. Because of that, a based artist from Germany contacted me and we may be doing some stuff in the future she's a Ooh, really great artist too cool. so nice yeah. excellent thank you i love you alex thank you uh and and, and by the and way that, I, and by the way go and watch the subversive podcast 
with me and with others. I just listened to the one with uh, Yerk, who I want on the show. And she's got this other one that came out recently um, that was pretty good. There is uh, watch mine. Go watch Yerk one. He's another good poster, good friend of ours that we need on the show desperately. So, uh, yeah. I am trying to find that link right now. Gio, can you send me the link? I'll send for... it to you in the, uh, yeah, in the chat. Alex. Excellent. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So we're going to have okay, Alex so here, on. Yeah, Alex is going to be there for, uh, and she is pretty early, 11 a.m. That's how early the stream starts because mm. she's in a different time. Romania. That's Thursday. Yeah, Romania. That's Thursday, April 8th. Tuesday, April 13th, he has been a really requested speaker. Uber Boyo is coming in. Th Tuesday, April 13th. I just oh. found out about this today. And then Thursday, nice. April 15th, Oren McIntyre is coming on. Nice. So you guys know Oren, and uh, and then Tuesday, April twenty. This is the big one. We are gonna have again uh, Alexander Bard, Logo <laughs> Daedalus, Joel oh, Davis. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so uh, w oh. we're gonna have a small oh, follower, my. and uh, we're oh, also gonna have. And we're also going to have a new guy coming in here. Well, he's not new, but uh, fuck. He has the... I, I don't remember his uh, signature, but he has the face of that uh, uh, Nicolas Cage. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. Paul, Paul Town. Town. Paul Town, yes, oh, thank you. Paul hell yeah. Yes, so Paul <laughs> Town is also... again. Yes, yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday, April 20th. Then I hope we're going to have a psychedelic stream on Thursday, April 22. Daniel Pinchbeck, please let me know what, what's going on. So, I'm, I'm, you know, it's a process. It's a process. Anyway, uh, then he's over here... He's afraid that he's going to be on stream. No, no, no. Fascist, no, like no, no, no. Oh, come on. No, no, it'll be, it'll be great. Okay, Tuesday, April 14th. No, Tuesday, May 4th. See, this is like all in advance here. May the here. 4th, be with May you. May the 4th. By the way, speaking of the psychedelic stream, May 4th was the first time I had psychedelic with a good, two of my best friends. Oh, nice. This is a shoot. This is a shoot. That was one of the first times I ever did psychedelics was on May the 4th, even though I don't like Star Wars, but that's... Say what you will. Was the fourth with you? The fourth was with me that night, yes. Nice. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And it was in a historic place where I have not to die myself, but if I told you the name, you know the town I live in. So. Mm. Okay. So we are we are still not done. <clears throat> Tuesday, May fourth, we are going to have a stream on conservatism, and this is going to be a very interesting oh. one because it'll allow people no, it'll allow people to talk with people who are more like in the conservative bracket about like uh, you know you could ask like what has conser uh, conservatives concerned and all that. One. No, I'm <laughs> oh, no, no, we are going to have get me okay, on for that one. Get me we on are going to have <clears throat> we're going to have Paul Matsko. He is a historian, author of the Radio Ride, Oxford. Uh, editor for tech and innovation at the Cato Institute and he oh is the ho oh boy the Cato guy. <laughs> he is the uh, and he is the host of uh, built <laughs> he is the host of building tomorrow and uh, with oh, him really? has it been since i had to deal with these guys it's probably been about 6 years and, uh, and with him is going to be uh, Libby Emmons, uh, oh. and she is a senior editor at the Post Millennial, writer oh, for nice. The Federalist, New York Post, Quillette, Unheard, Spectator USA, American Conservative, <laughs> the <conservative> News Circuit, <laughs> Arc oh, Digital, and uh, Narratively. So, guys, again, much oh. respect, much respect for uh, for them to uh, come here and speak with us. I think it's very important to do so, and I'm just grateful that they're going to be able mm. to come in. And I'm still not done yet. I'll then we are going. Yeah, to have, for that one. 
Sign then we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have big sign. We're gonna have Bennett on that. We're gonna have Hero on that one. Hell yeah! <laughs> yes. Amazing. Yeah. So then we are also oh, going to have we are also gonna have a stream with Ed West, senior editor of Unheard and author of Tory Boy, aka Small Men on the Wrong Side of History, and uh, he is in England. And that is happening Tuesday, nice. May eleventh. Tuesday, May eighteenth. The future of governments, governance, and liberty. This is a fucking big one. If you thought the announcement about the conservative uh, stream was something check this out we are going to have the following people there we are going to have mark terrell founder of undavos author of scaling educator and strategist and he is a world economic forum tech pioneer in 2008 oh, and uh oh my god and we are going to be joined Holy by Gar by garrett jones uh, who wrote the book 10 percent less democracy uh which uh makes the point for uh uh giving from what i understand the elites a little bit more uh, power it says <laughs> why you should Give trust the elites power <laughs> why you should why you should trust elites uh why you should trust elites a little more and the masses a little less so this is going to be a very interesting thing to, I, I, mean, I, I agree with it but not in the just way a pseudonym for jewels? <laughs> yeah so so that's that's what's Depends on with the elites <laughs> that's what's crackalacking for tuesday may 18th and again i want everybody like this is going to be a respectful conversation of course btr is all about respect and brotherhood oh, yeah, and all yeah. that there, but there uh, always a guest that we're trying to ogle on the stream uh lev i think you know who i'm who I'm yes talking about. Uh, yes hopefully we can get her on the stream soon so, I hope so. Uh, yeah. And uh, and uh, also, okay, what else we got here? Okay, we have a couple of more things here. Uh, we are going to have a stream with progress uh, about progress. And I got uh, uh, Samuel Hammond, who was the director of poverty and welfare policy, a pluralist. Uh, the world is second best at best. Uh, he is part of the Nixon's. Uh, wait, Nis Nis. Niskan Center. So niskancenter.org. Let me just take a look at that. What exactly that is for you guys? Uh, N i s k a n e n. Yes. Oh, so, oh uh, my goodness. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so that's what's going down here. Oh, well, it's gonna be a fucking bloodbath. And uh, and then <laughs> and then we are gonna and then we are gonna have a stream about uh, addiction. And uh, this one is mm. June one. And this one, uh, one of the people mm. who I have signed up for that one is going to be Tom Sauer or Sower. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Who was uh, under the front lines of America's addiction crisis? Former Navy bomb squad, Naval Academy. Academy 2006 wow. uh, human events contributor. So uh, oh, Tom, wow. yeah. So Tom is coming in for that. And again, this is this is my power. And the way that you keep my power afloat is you buy my crypto cards. So anyway, uh, this this is it. This is it for now. I'm gonna keep scheduling more more events in Invest in Lev. Invest in Lev. Yes. Invest in Lev. Eventually, so we'll have another art stream. I just want to say, all of these people that you're bringing on, like, my whole Twitter addiction was built around hurting these people's feelings. I'll be, I'll be nice. I'll be no, nice. Please, no, but, please, and I, I know, I know, but you're I am gonna, gonna hurt their feelings. No, 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 yeah. no. I know you're gonna be nice, but this is what I mean. But this is what I mean by getting to the root of a lot of these disagreements and seeing, you know, where exactly it lies. Because if you wipe, if you like, take everything else away, what is left there but our bare souls that are, you know, uh, we try. We, by the way, yeah. we tried to get abby shapiro on stream but the condition was that i would have to do a live painting of her feet and she didn't want to put her feet on stream that's why we didn't do it yeah yeah, yeah. one day one, one day. day 
<laughs> All right, guys. Able to paint the brush will fall out of his hands. It's too much sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gio. I'm just being. Also, we will have a. We will have another. Well, we we were contemplating doing a bimbo stream. That's another thing. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we gotta. Okay. Well, well what the bimbo the stream? Bimbo's gone. Okay. Are we I mean, all gonna look, wear bimbo? drag? Bimbo may be a, okay. Bimbo may be a strong word, and I don't want to apply it to her. I'm if referring she, to if Bimbo she... Twitter, but not not Abby oh. Shapiro. But uh, no, 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 no. I don't mean Abby Shapiro. I mean, and again, this could be like a word that people can interpret as either being you know bad or being empowering. Because the way that I see it, it's well, like that's what you know, we're having, talk about. having oh, like, like well, having like a thing. like an alpha alpha female. I think that's another way of phrasing it. There is a certain Stacey. Canadian lady who was on a certain program without clothing on. That's also Canadian. Canadian that you know who I'm oh talking my about, God, Please, no! <laughs> don't, no! You, okay, people don't know. Lev has these weird obsessions, and one of them is this Canadian girl who was on Naked News that's like a, a, a it's, oh my God. Like, literally, Entirely we have, like, streams of her Facebook. Literally, Lev is, like, obsessed. No, it's her Instagram, and look, she started <laughs> a new, you know, she started a new company. You never know what doors are going to open until you <laughs> knock on the door. Exactly. She started a new company. It's not, uh, it's not that popular right now. Like, she only has a very few. everything about <laughs> What is her company? It was her company. What enterprise is she? That was all about her. Like, what are her likes? Hold on, no, 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 no. Now, I should probably. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it for after she says yes, because she will say yes because she's just starting her. I don't like this Put energy. Put that out in the universe, man. Put that out in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine she does come on PTR. She's oh for sure going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no. She's starting her company up. I'm sure that promotion would be a good thing. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and the company, I can tell you what it is. It's like a sportswear company uh, for women, like gym, <laughs> gym sports. Fitwear, fitwear. Fitwear. Fit yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, having to do with like powering the booty and all that. And uh, the point here is, is that, you know, we could find some uh, people to, uh, you know, uh, who are going to be into her stuff. And I would love to have her on. And it will be very interesting to have somebody who I remember oh, back God. from 2000, from 2006 when I went to SVA. And, uh, you know, for, and I saw her on Naked News. And now to be able to have her on the BTR stream, you know, all this time later, I think it would be really hey, cool. Actually, I'm excited. Two 2006? How old were you in 2006? That sounds formative. I was, that I sounds was, uh, deep. I'm going to say 19. Maybe, maybe 19, 20. No, no, no. I was uh, 15 or 16. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I'm putting I, I actually... to live a couple extra years. <laughs> this as is much like... as I make fun of him for this, I can understand where <laughs> Lev is coming from. Because there was well, I understand new... where he's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> there, when, I was younger, when I was younger, I discovered this nude mall. <laughs> From I believe the Czech Republic, her name was Marticia, or her model name was. And ever since I've been obsessed with this woman, she totally disappeared in 2015. I don't know what happened. She stopped modeling. But I get Lev's thing where it's like you have this like angelic looking woman that yeah. you have like a deep recessive like. Um, there uh, are you know, there are some it. days Imprints. where I start to think to myself like I'm gonna become so successful. And Carmen Electra is going to be like sliding down the scale of success. Was Carmen Electra your first obsessive? Uh... Eventually, we're going to meet oh. up. Uh, you know, like like there was a uh, professional kind of dating yourself there. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, uh, like man. at what point does Carmen Electra <sighs> yeah. get out get to such a point where I'm like, well, I don't think I want no, to with Carmen Electra. I'll, uh, She's I'll, gotta I'll, be close. Okay, after this stream, I'm gonna post some photos of her in the BTR You're chat for those who are interested. Uh, so but yes but but anyway guys this is the end of the stream i just want to say okay. and uh okay. yes so i think we broke the rules of course of course no no you gotta <laughs> hero this was this was your this was your day uh, and this was liberty lockdown's day as well so yeah. hero my friend tell me what you, you thought see, about the experience you see what they're saying about you in the verse loon chat the telegram chat that he has public they're just like <laughs> yeah just hero is getting like just Pumped and dumped by the chat. Oh, God. Yeah, I've heard stories about You're, you're going to have to relay this to me afterwards. So I want to hear what they're saying. I, I, well, I, let's I, see. Here, here's the final vote tally, by the way. So yeah. 50 votes. Uh, it's 62% uh, liberty on nationalism yeah. and hero on ANCAP, 38%. So, yes. Sorry. So we're all nationalists now. Listen, this is the, and this is the, this is the thing I want to, I want to point out. If you look in the, the comments to that, it's, it's people saying, uh, there, there is no good argument for, for anarcho-capitalism. They're, they're taking it at the, you know, what their own positions are instead of listening to the quality of the debate. I, I mm. think the, uh, I like <laughs> the idea of this. And I think as much as I kind of struggled to grasp it, some of the, some of the, the things I used to think the, the problem with this was that, you know, my ideas have evolved. It's not like, Oh, I just pick up this new thing. It's things change over time. Right. So you, yeah. what used to be your natural in, inclinations on things kind of evolve over time. Definitely. I, I think that's where the difficulty was, but it's a, it's a wonderful, like, you know, this is a fun, uh, dynamic to try out I, th I think it was uh it was kind of worth it I, I would like to see uh liberty try and dig deeper on some of those topics i feel like we kind of only glazed over certain ones uh I, I felt like i gave a pretty earnest try into answering a lot of these things i hope it reads that way i hope you guys thought i i gave a a good you Absolutely. know at least yeah, a good I, attempt I, I, I at presenting guys, their uh, argument i i wanted to argue well. in good faith Sorry, what Hero that? got verbally glazed, all right. <laughs> He's got pranked. He got punked Laid out. Laid the glazed. What, what do they say in the Canadian uh, Northeast prison? He got, he got, he got a goofball on. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Dude, by the way, never go to a Canadian prison and call someone a goof ever. That's like the equivalent of punk in the oh, U.S. Oh wow. Oh, is that like? <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, serious business in Canada, man. No oh, by the way, man. Army Army <laughs> Hammer Army Hammer under investigation by LAPD sex crime detective. Wasn't he oh, into man. cannibalism? Oh my God. Yeah, he's just the one and getting. You know, I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah, he's this. the one getting caught. There's a yeah, lot no, of cannibalism. Just, what, no, 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 who is this Ernie he's Hammer the guy? He's the one getting left out to try. There Army were Hammer. Uh, he was gonna be Batman in that Justice League. Army, Mad okay, Max guy you, was gonna do. He was the Lone if Ranger. If you remember, um, uh, in the Social Network, if you he was the Social Network, he was the twin. he was the Winklevoss. Oh shit. Yeah, he play, he played the twins, the Winklevoss. Yeah. Wait, both of them? At the yeah. Same time? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, how do they have both of them on, just like with CGI? Yeah. 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 See, they used parent oh, trap technology. <laughs> yeah, what they, Actually, they, they had to summon like, a gin. Yeah, exactly. To, uh, it was like smell <laughs> of doubles. Yeah, like, this is like this is like Piccolo. The rings of Solomon you like, remember Piccolo from Dragon Ball, where they like, where there was like a, a proto Piccolo who got split up with like good Piccolo oh, and bad yeah. Piccolo. Do you remember? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Holy, Hollywood is run by gins, so. Yeah, no, it don't run. Well, that's <laughs> true. We all know <laughs> that. We, we, we read all about the gin. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, so, so. Anyway, I, I just want to say, I think. Yes. I, 
I hope I gave at least a, a fair shake and I hope it reads that way. And I, I had fun with this. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this love. I, I enjoyed it and I hope I can Absolutely. come on again got, sometime soon. God, God bless you, brother. You, you are welcome to come in any time as well as everybody Thank else you. here on the stream. So, uh, uh, yes, this is pretty much shit. Anybody <laughs> else, any final thoughts before yeah, can we I quickly say something? Go so for I, it. I just want to say, um, Listen, the, the idea of creating a utopia is often uh, villainized and, and maligned, and I get that. I understand why we've had some pretty catastrophic attempts in the last uh, couple <laughs> years. To put it lightly. Yeah, to put it lightly. But uh, listen, I, I think if you're not trying to make something as perfect as you can, what, what, are, you, what, are, what, are, you, what are you doing? You're doing like, the Japanese the, architectural design of the, Wabi Sabi. Yeah, it's like, what's the point? It, it seems like exactly. to me, if if you're not trying to make the best possible thing, it just seems like kind of a a waste of of time. Like I feel like you can constantly, you know, Karl Popper trying to fucking perfectly, you know, uh, mitigate every. It's like min maxing every, you know, happiness index. I like showing up and uh, not being prepared at all and just completely <laughs> winging it. And yeah. hoping that pressure will make a diamond, and that I'll I'll get a few good pops out of the chat. Yeah. It's also you know, but, but that is the argument I feel against a lot of um, discourse around things like transhumanism, or or even just the limits to technology itself. Because if you were to create a perfect techno technocratic um, merging of technology and an authoritarian system, you would basically create like the matrix, like human battery, See, I, uh, I wired even system. Worse, uh, even a worse society than the matrix. I would think uh, Harlan Ellison, I have no mouth and I must scream. Yes, exactly. Uh, it would turn yeah, into so, an absolute nightmare yeah. where it's just four um, people being tortured by a machine. Well, I, I argued, I had this one as experimental essay. something about hate. That's an yeah, excellent yeah. Yes. I had this one experimental essay where a lot of the sci-fi vision gets it wrong because um, you would basically have a visionless type of like pure wireheading future where you wouldn't even need like the stimuli of an alternative reality infrastructure. You would basically just have like permanent like pleasure drip of like chemicals to like uh, I, you hit the button. The, the problem with a computer is that it's it's Mr. Spock and you, you can't have Mr. Spock as the lead guy. You have to have Captain yeah. Kirk. Exactly. He has to have his yeah. emotion and his, exactly. his rational and his logic. He has everything, even it's though he's not as logical or as sharp as Spock. Just to mm. just to shill sort of the the Warhammer uh, episode. Um, yeah. That is the main. That is the main conflict. Is th this question is the main conflict of uh, the events of the Horus Heresy? It's the idea of was the Emperor correct to attempt to make a secular empire, um, but the empire, the secular aspect of the empire, the quote-unquote imperial truth is a lie. It's not true that that the world is secular and there's no, there's nothing beyond that. And uh, hiding it in a way causes just as many problems as telling people would because it's it's almost like um you can't trust them with it's like giving people drugs if you tell them about these things. Um, but but you know the the conflict is is that the, the situation creates a big problem let's put it mildly um and as a result right like that's the big debate is who's who's right here who, who who's in the right so i think this so, sort of like is is it right to create a utopian idea and, and and strive towards that is 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 probably the 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 primary argument that i think uh, i want to make at least on that stream is is who's right you know um absolutely but, yeah. 
Yeah. And then I would love for you to uh, come in again with uh, Andrea and be able oh, no, to, to get a, get a little bit deeper into this. I think yeah. that will be a really interesting stream. Uh, mm -hmm. And specifically, not talking about like the rationalists, uh, but talk about like the kind of rationalists she's talking about, like the Paparian. I think to have like a very full discussion about that would be very interesting. Yeah. So, I I'd like to hear the position properly and 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 hear her out properly. Give her her time to be able to to present what she ha, present it as at at its. I don't want it to be straw manned. I want it to be steel manned. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So when you and, take it, uh, it feels better. Yes. You know I, mean? and, I gotta uh, give props for Andrea for uh, for liking my cool. pinned tweet. Yeah. Because none of you guys, very few of you people, have ever liked my pinned tweet, and I don't know why. Oh, You're either too scared or you don't care. Tweet, but uh, but she likes. was one of the few that's done that. Uh, and I gotta give let me get on that. I felt <laughs> it wasn't it. necessary. I'm going to put my stamp on it, bro. Yes. <laughs> I'm here now. Yeah. So, can okay, so. It? Yeah, can you NFT the, the NFT? tweet? I'm not touching the NFT thing. It's a joke. Yeah, I want to <laughs> NFT my Ice Cube tweet. Oh, man, oh, man, the Shevitz, as my uncle used to say. Okay, so now that this is the end of the stream, I want to promote the Patreon. Guys, go to patreon.com slash break the rules right now. Become a patron, and you are going to get a lot of great things. My dad is working on the inflated lioness. That's going to be done. The definitely legit uh, uh, magnet. That's going to be done, and that's for $20 uh, people for uh, the uh, five, uh, for five, no, for, uh, yeah, five. Five dollars. See, I even forgot what the, what the tiers are. For five dollar people, we are going to have access to our audio uh, only uh, episodes. So basically, I take the episodes, I convert them into an audio format, and I first share them with the patrons before anybody else, and I share them out in public a couple of days later. So you guys get first dibs on that. You guys get your own uh, RSS feed which contains it, so that way you can just like listen to it wherever, and uh, you also get access to the percolator um, rank on our discord server which is in the description of the video that's how you find our discord server go there right now become a discord member and that's also going to give you the perks of being able to post images on that little uh, that little window over there but it is something that it's a uh, it's a privilege, not a right, if you know what I'm talking about here. So anyway, $30 patrons are going to get a beautiful print from Geo, and uh, $50 patrons are going to get all of the above, including a custom wooden magnet print from my father, and they're also going to get another beautiful painting from Geo in the Bob Ross style. They are also going to get a figure beautifully painted by Jules, and uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it right now. More rewards coming in. I hope to after this whole COVID thing dies down, we're going to be able to have a live BTR. I think that is going to be an incredible, an incredible festival. So I look forward to that happening very, very soon. So with that being said, I am closing off the stream. Subscribe if you have not done so already. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Thank you so much.